Play the clip again and listen. He's saying gain of functions, what caused this? U.S. government made it. They took it to China so they could have plausible deniability. They did it on purpose, folks. They had the vaccine already ready. You understand how big this is? This is this is just so huge. Go ahead. So one one other path of questioning for you, Dr. Ritfeld. Proponents of this research claim it may result in vaccines or maybe even stop a pandemic. Dr. Redfield, has gain-of-function created any life-saving vaccines or therapeutics to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Has gain-of-function stopped a pandemic, to, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. Do you find any tangible benefits uh, to gain-of-function research at this time? I personally don't, but I do want to stress, I think the men and women that support it are people of good faith because they truly believe it's going to lead to a potential benefit. I disagree with that assessment. You understand, it was 100% in January of 2020, three years ago, that it was man-made, that they've known day one. They made the damn thing. They already had a vaccine ready. They need to be in prison right now. We need to stop these people before they strike. Patriots worldwide in defense of human liberty. It's Alex Jones. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the quickening is here. This has been the most important podcast I've ever done. It's Thursday, March 9, 2023. Grab yourselves in. InfoWars, the most banned network in the world. The quickening is here. The entire deep state's criminal coup over America and much of the world is being completely decloaked on every front. You can stick a fork in the New World Order and they're done. They cannot win. They will fall unless they start a nuclear war or a cyber attack total power outage. They will lose, not in the next week, not in the next month, probably not in the next year. But there is a total awakening happening. The fortunes of liberty have completely turned against the enemy. The Great Awakening, countering their Great Reset, has successfully entered orbit. Characterizing it as an analogy as a Saturn rocket. It successfully launched. We are now in orbit. Now the question is, what comes after that? The enemy has already been defeated, but I'll use the Terminator analogy from the 1980s. All Skynet can do is try to send somebody back from the future to the past, and the equivalent of that is starting a nuclear war or a total cyber attack, a complete reset, not their slow cut off the power, cause collapse of society, cut off the resources and then poses the saviors over that collapse, their program to do that is now in the zeitgeist. People know it. They're exponentially getting dialed in. I have almost reached the point of obsolescence, which has been my goal. <laughs> now, it's still going to be one hell of a fight, but pretty soon the whole public's, more than half the public, is going to be Alex Jones. The conversion to reality is here. And you got all the losers that bet on Satan and bet on the New World Order. They're never going to give up because it's a spiritual thing, but they're done. Unless 
they cut the power off and blame it on Russia or go ahead and start a nuclear war, which unfortunately, unless there's some sanity in government and corporations left, is going to happen. And I guess it's really up to all of us, the good people and the bad people, to decide, do we really all want to die? I really don't want to die. I have no desire to kill globalists or go burn down police stations like Antifa does. And that's all pointless to begin with. This is a command and control system from the top that's out to get us. On record, why would anyone go along with this when it's suicidal? You know, a great political cartoon of the day, and I'll come back with all the news, says it all. So maybe you guys can punch this up from Twitter from whence it came. But look at this. For radio listeners, I'll narrate this image. After the nukes, the last two surviving Americans have a discussion across from New York and New Jersey. You can see the smoking ruins of New York and the Statue of Liberty. There's skulls and bones everywhere and a tattered American flag. And one of the survivors with burned off clothing says to the other survivor, see, I told you Trump would kill us all. And the other one says, Biden was the president, you moron. That's where we are. That's where we're going. And notice that's one of the top cartoonists out there. It's everywhere. Everybody sees it that's got a brain. The New World Order may have a bunch of idiots or fools thinking they can win. You, you can't win a game like this. Don't play the game. Remember the 1980s movie, War Games? It's such a strange game. The only way to win is not to play. Here's another one. Another political cartoon. Shows Chucky e. Schumer with a sign with a nuke going off saying, oh, Jan 6, worse than 9-11, the Civil War, Pearl Harbor. He says, shut the, up this Fox liar, Tucker. And Tucker just has the unseen video of the Q shaman with the police and them taking selfies together. It, that's the reality. That's the reality. You people are crazy. Talk about the globalist. You are insane. Stop it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got an incredibly important transmission lined up for you on this Thursday, March 9th, 2023 broadcast. Wow. The entire New World Order is being uncloaked. Their entire criminal operation is being exposed. So much is breaking. I, I can't even keep track of, of, of half of it. But, but let me go over what's coming out. And we've got a bunch of video from the testimony. And, and it, it's, it, it, it's starting to get a lot of media attention. Redfield, two days ago, testified to Congress. The former head of the CDC, during the whole COVID operation, and I noticed he was smart two years ago when gain of function came up. He said, no, I think this gain of function, he said, I think it came out of the Wuhan lab or somewhere like that. Because he wasn't going to lie to Congress. Now we know why. He's turned state's evidence in front of Congress. He says he was kept out of the whole deal. They looked at the virus day one. They knew it was man-made 100% with the scanning systems they've got and that Fauci kept him out of it and created a false report that it wasn't man-made. That smoking gun of smoking gun of smoking gun. There's all that unraveling, and Fauci and the federal government, the CDC, working with Homeland Security to censor doctors and scientists and members of Congress who were exposing all of this. We just want to live. We just don't want to die. 
Please stop killing us. He killed some of my friends. He hit us with a bioweapon. And then the shot was even worse. But I know there's too many of us, right? And you're the establishment, so you're allowed to do that. No, you're a pack of criminals, a pack of mad scientists. So you got that. Then you've got all the massive censorship of everything from the Afghan withdrawal to open borders to election fraud to COVID and Matt Taibbi testifying today. We've got clips of that and how it's a whole deep state system censoring and surveilling and illegally controlling that makes 1984 look like a paradise. You got that coming out. Then you've got Jan 6 and them suppressing Tucker Carlson releasing more info. That's going on. And all the footage of the feds and the provocateurs that we already have, but they have the HD of it and more. And you have what began breaking last night. And I love being the tip of the spear, but I'm always happy when somebody else is because when you're the tip of the spear, it's not like you're breaking big news and you're a celebrity. It's like stepping up to be punched in the face by Mike Tyson. Because every time you do it, the enemy gets madder. But I did go ahead last night when I got the information and I called a bunch of reporters and it broke this morning. On the Jan 6 situation and the Proud Boys trial, remember what happened with the Whitmer kidnapping, how the first group, quote, got off because the feds had hidden a bunch of evidence but then didn't fully delete it when they gave it to the defense team and so it was all the recordings of the FBI ordering them to attack Whitmer. No, I don't want to attack Whitmer. I want to smoke pot. Can I have money for a hamburger? No, we're going to go kidnap Whitmer. Now, they were able to keep that out of the next trial and got some of their convictions. But the point is, the same team that ran the Whitmer deal ran Jan 6. The same people. Except the guy that got caught beating up his wife real bad. That FBI guy, he's not there anymore. But uh, at the sex party. So, this is only part of what broke, and I'll be getting to this. I guess I'll just get to this first. Because it, it's a lot bigger than Jan 6. It's a lot bigger than the Proud Boys. It's a lot bigger than the feds trying to put me and Owen Schroyer and my crew in prison for trying to stop it. It, it shows, shows standard operating procedure at the FBI now is criminal, beyond criminal, dangerous, weaponized. There's a federal filing today. I called the media last night, told them, get on this. You're going to be seeing a lot of it very soon in a lot of places. You probably guess where. And I learned from inside that the FBI did it again. They like to sneak up. They're in the sixth week of their prosecution. The defense hasn't even had a chance to go yet in the Proud Boys kangaroo trial in D.C. And the feds put an FBI agent on the stand and in the last two days and released new evidence they were about to admit. And the FBI did it again. The FBI thought they had deleted the files, but the defense team noticed that there was a restore function popping up, letting them know there was files there. And when they hit the button, or maybe this is an insider leaking it, that's probably what it is. When they hit the button, hundreds of files with thousands of pages popped up. And do you know what's in the federal filing? And do you know what's in the documents? Because I've talked to the folks that have the documents. You know what's in it? 
FBI agents covering their ass saying, I have been ordered to destroy hundreds of pieces of evidence. And what is the evidence? That the Proud Boys were innocent, full of feds at the top, trying to lead them into violence and that none of that happened. Not at the garage meeting with the Oath Keepers, none of it. And we know what, CIA operatives involved, sex operatives. And the judge has been keeping all of this out of court because I've been knowing about this for six weeks. We've been talking about it here, but now we have the documents. Overhead shot, please. Julie Kelly got the word last night about the filing that went in at about 11 p.m. Eastern. And she's now posted the federal filing. And you can go read it for yourself. Here it is. And it talks about the special agents and names them and how the special agent was cross-examined and how they turned over documents and they forgot to fully erase what was hidden in them. And they gave them a massive tranche of files the version of Miller's Excel sheet produced the defense contained 25 rows of her LN, LYNC message. In cross-examination, the agent acknowledged she alone compiled the disclosure. She testified those messages consisted a complete production of what she testified to. However, a close examination of the agent sheet revealed over 1,000 hidden Excel rows of messages. Miller was thus examined as to whether she had withheld from prosecutors the messages contained therein. Now, guess what's in the messages? Let me, let, let me show you just a little bit of that. There are sections here where the agents are ordered to erase them. And for some reason, when I was on Steve Bannon, I was waving these around and showing things. So, of course, the page where it says I was ordered by my senior manager to delete the files, to destroy the evidence, is the exact words. Oh, I found it. It's right here. Okay, here we go. Miller's communications with another agent who states that the agent's FBI boss assigned her 338 items of evidence I have to destroy. You know, that's illegal. That's a felony. Remember, they just convicted an FBI agent with a slap on the wrist related to Trump who falsified emails and just made up emails about Trump and Russia. These people are crazy. Absolutely insane. Oh, my God. You know, I was there on January 6th, and I was there the preceding days. Everyone thought Antifa was going to bomb our hotels. Everybody thought Antifa was going to show up and attack us. And the Proud Boys, with the, what I heard and what I saw and what was all over the news, was they were there in case Antifa attacked people. There was no plan to attack the freaking Capitol. What type of idiots would do that? Capitals where the puppets are. They don't even run anything. It's not how you take the government over. It's just It's insane. But this is all coming out now, too, and a lot more. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
All right, so much news is coming in, so much critical intel that during the breaks, I am busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest or a one-armed paper hanger. Um, actually, let, let, let me just tell you something right now. Most of the 41,000 hours of January 6th is actually public, but the media is all playing dumb like they don't know that. What Tucker Carlson wanted access to was the official full record in one place that had all the marks on it of, of where the Capitol Police, the Democrats and Republicans have been going over it for two years. No one of the Democrats didn't want it out because they know what's on it, the provocateurs running the operation to break into the Capitol to try to trick the crowd to go in. Out of a million people, they only tricked a thousand or so to go in. 95% of them were peaceful. There's always hooligans in any group. Look at riots after a football or basketball championship. And that's what this really was. It was like a football game riot. And only a small group of the fans. You have 100,000 people at a football game, and then 1,000 of them get a little rowdy. You say, oh, that whole football stadium is a bunch of terrorists. And, we're the, and the, by the way, the whole country are terrorists. Or let's say some Dallas Cowboy fans rioted or some Laker fans. Anybody that likes basketball is now a terrorist. Our number one threat is Lakers fans nationwide. If you see someone wearing a Lakers fan jersey, call Homeland Security immediately. That's the same thing. Anybody wearing a red hat's a terrorist. Anybody that was in D.C. in hotels, no warrants, we're going to you know, come after you. We're going to deny anybody trying to fly out of D.C. their plane tickets. Just, it's just a mob of criminals doing whatever they want. And now the defense for the Proud Boys, who is a good organization of good people, I'm not saying they're feds, but over the years... The leadership of it got fully infiltrated. It didn't really have leadership. Gavin McGinnis started it. And then everybody said, hey, they call us racist. Enrique Tarrio is a nice, well-spoken fellow. We'll make him the leader. But it's not like it's some command and control system. It's just a brotherhood or a, you know, a group that has shared values. And Enrique was a federal informant. He'd spent time in prison. I guess it was for selling... Uh, Black market diabetes test kits. Yeah. So he'd spent years in jail for that, and, and he, he came out was an informant the whole time. But if you read the stuff that came out, he was saying, we're good. We're pro boys. We're pro-law enforcement. We don't want to do any violence. We just want to fight back of attacked. And he thought he was buddy-buddy with the feds. And he was driven by a federal informant. To the meeting with Stuart Rhodes, that's come out. They've tried to block the details that that informant said. They never wanted violence. I saw nothing. That's all being suppressed in the trial. They're spying on the attorneys. They're spying on the defendants. That is get out of jail right there. And they accidentally turn over files that they thought they deleted. But they were able to do to the restore two days ago, and they're in there talking about being ordered by their superiors to destroy evidence. And you know why FBI agents put that in, in emails and files, case files? Because that's a felony, folks. But if their superior told them, I guess they think it's like the Nuremberg Code. Well, I was just following orders. Well, the Nuremberg Code said, following orders doesn't cut it, Jack. And here's the deal. I don't want to put FBI agents in prison. I just don't want World War III. I just want it to stop. Please stop it. And it is going to be stopped. 
The numbers we've got, the intel I've got from big journalists around the country is, and you've heard it from Congress, they're getting, wait for this, tens of thousands of high-level contacts a year from senior federal agency and law enforcement and intelligence agency people going to Congress and giving them these files and stuff, and Congress then rats them out. That's why Congress is under such surveillance by the intelligence agency heads. And then they prosecute or persecute them. Their problem is they've got so many FBI agents and so many ATF agents and so many defense intelligence agency people and so many CIA people and so many naval intelligence people and so many NSA people, you know, 17 of these agencies are actually more, that they can't go after them all. They don't have enough bad guys to go persecute and prosecute and attack them. That's what the social credit score is about once they get it in place that Biden's made his new big initiative because then they just hit one button bloop, and you can't have a job, you can't travel, you can't live. Oh, you told about how we're helping smuggle kids or oh, how we're framing people? Bloop. That's what centralization and the technocracy is about. So a few hundred globalists can sit there and control all the rest of us because we're dumb enough to opt into this thing. So here, here's what's happening. And I'm not trying to lionize these agencies, far from it. But I'm not stupid enough to get tricked into a fight with them and, and, and say they're the enemy. No, we're the enemy. We allowed the government to get like this. We allowed corruption to grow. We allowed most of the courts to get taken over. And there are people in all these agencies who do real cases every day. I would still say the majority of them. But there are large sections that are criminal, mercenary organizations at the top and then special task forces they have that carry out this criminal activity. And this is classic deep state corruption like you see in third world countries. And we got to be like El Salvador and just say, we're done. Or what Bolsonaro tried to do but got blocked in Brazil. You got to get rid of the bad people. You got to empower the good people in private life, in government, in academia, and in, in, in the churches at every level and really start standing up. And so that's what we've got to do. Not be tricked into a civil war, not be tricked into violence with Antifa burning down police stations and attacking federal courthouses. We, we, we're not those people. Like I said on January 6th, we're not Antifa. We're not attacking the police. That's the worst thing you can do. And for that, they've been trying to indict me. So this is a big deal. And my job is just to point out this is going on with the Proud Boys to let everybody know the full scoop, because all these other reporters are scared. I'll hit the barbed wire. Don't worry. Done it a few times. I wear my scars like medals, and it's what I'm committed to do. Actually, I don't like it, but I kind of do. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, God, I got to run to the barbed wire again. This is really going to not feel too hot. And, you know, you know where it leads in the end, but somebody's got to blow open Nonviolently, holes in the enemy. Somebody's got to blow breaches. Somebody's got to be on the suicide squad. And that's me. And I don't mean I'm ever going to commit suicide. I would never do that. If they come kill me or you know, say I killed myself or killed my family, that's how they, they, they like to come kill you and then kill your family and say you did it. That, that's their favorite thing. That's their MO. I would never do that. I don't use hard drugs, occasionally smoke marijuana, drink some alcohol. They ever find me dead in a hotel with a heroin needle in my arm? I was murdered. When I say suicide squad, that's a military term. For missions that have got a 50% more chance you're going to die, there are people that volunteer for those. I've had family that have been on suicide squads. 
Well, I'm on a modern suicide squad because we're all going to die if we don't do this. It's kind of like in Wrath of Khan where Spock goes in the reactor and fixes it because they're all going to die anyways. Might as well go do it. He's the toughest one. He does it. That's what we're doing here, folks. We need people to go into the reactor and fix it right now. We got to defend our children. We got to stand up and take our licks. We got to be men. Got to be women. Got to be strong. And you've got my pledge to never back down and never give up. But if you take a look at the news and where the world is, they're getting us ready for full World War III right now. It's already begun. So get right with God. All right, I got so much news here and, 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 and so much to cover. I mean, I could spend the whole show on this one article we'll cover next segment. The Washington Post has a big article out selling everybody on how we need more lockdowns for future viruses and how terrible libertarians and conservatives are for fighting against it and successfully proving it's all a fraud. They want to permanently lock your ass down and then shoot you up with a bunch of poison. People go, well, it's scary to fight these people and they'll come after you. They're already giving children the deadly shots. I uh, went and hung out with Joe Rogan for four or five hours last night with the opening of his new club, The Mothership in downtown Austin. And I don't usually talk about private conversations, but I'm proud of Joe. And I was talking to him, and I said, man, you've really gotten hardcore. You're hitting on all cylinders. And he said, yeah. I knew a lot of this stuff was bad, but I thought there were a lot better people in the system. I can't believe how bad it is. We got to defeat this thing. He's, and I said, I said, yeah. And, and why is that, Joe? And he said, he looked at me and he said, for me, it's coming after the kids with these shots. When they know they don't work and they hurt them. They know damn well what they're doing. He goes, we got to stop them. We hugged each other and we said, we're winning and we're not going to stop. That's why Joe's so hardcore now, because they pushed him. And he's one of the most influential people in the world. So whatever happens to me, I know others are going to go forward. They're closing in on us. I uh, have a good sixth sense, a good spirit, know things, and I feel good. And I'm sure I'll be in the fight in a month, six months, a year, but you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, they could kill me any day. I don't say that for a dramatic effect. It's a very serious situation. But I don't have any fear of what happens to me. I am concerned about everybody. I really care about my children. I really care about your children and the future they're going to have together. And I love you. And we've got to do the right thing here. We can't flinch. We can't back down. We've just got to be as hardcore as possible because we got a bunch of crazy people in charge that have convinced themselves they can get away with anything. And if you study the globalists, not just their minions, but the people running things, they are super old and they're on a bunch of drugs. I mean, David Rockefeller had like eight heart transplants, died at like 100, I think, 99. It's just crazy. And you can't hear it right now, but it's apropos of this, that they're doing massive construction across the street. And a bunch of sirens and heavy machinery noises were just going on the last few minutes. And it sounds like chimes in a big church. It, 
or a giant bell ringing. I wish somebody go outside and record this. Somebody go out with your phone with the recording app because I won't be able to. I won't be able to actually hear this beautiful sound. But it's also terrifying and ominous. It's like I don't know what the hell they're doing next door. Like fifty giant trucks, cranes, all this stuff. <laughs> it stopped now. Maybe it'll start back up in a minute. But it sound like wind chimes. But like, imagine thousand foot tall wind chimes. Like, it just adds to all the weirdness of creation. So I'm here talking about the ultimate point of life is standing up for what's right, and this incredible world we're in, and, and all the mystery and majesty and wonderment. And then we've got a bunch of psychotics running around trying to blow the planet up. Doing it again. But it's really our fault for letting this happen. It's my fault. It's your fault. And because we're not evil. We don't want to be evil. We're not perfect, but we don't want to be evil. And we're trying to be good. And we're trying to build a better world. And we let the bad guys get to this point. We let ourselves get in this much danger. So we're the only ones that have to blame here. I don't even blame our enemies anymore. I realize how fallen and sad and, and just pathetic they are. All right, let me get my mind wrapped around this. I get philosophical when things are so big. And uh, we're going to go to break in like four minutes. I, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get into... I'm going to get into the censorship surveillance. It's really surveillance and censorship. Bombshells in Congress with the weaponization of government and big tech hearings that are happening. And then I'm going to get into the Redfield testimony. We only played part of it yesterday. It is absolute pure proof smoking gun from the head of the CDC. Couldn't have more credibility as an insider of how Fauci created the false reports and lied about the origin of the virus and knew he was lying and lied to Congress. I mean, that alone is like bombshell, flamethrower, nuclear hydrogen bomb going off big. I mean, that is just boom. And then we've got all this other news. And, you know, I said I'd get to it, but I just did, didn't I? The Washington Post, I'll show you the article. <laughs> We need to really have lockdowns in the future. We need to have more of them. It's just the new way of life. I mean, training you to stay in your house. Come on, folks. Why would anybody work for a system that wants to put poison in your body and lock you down and make you go around and have a digital ID to leave your house? I mean, what, what fool? I mean, if you were a psychopath, if you were American psycho, what's his fictional name, Christian Bale in the movie? Pac Patrick Bateman Patrick Bateman would at least be, have enough self-preservation that he'd go, man, I really don't want this New World Order. I don't want to take your poison shot, and I don't want to be a slave. I mean, Patrick Bateman wouldn't support this. Why do you people serve the New World Order? What is your problem? It for 99.9999999999999999. Only a few hundred globalists that run things. Out of seven and a half billion or eight billion now. Couple hundred people own and run everything through fraud. 
And of course, they're lying to themselves, thinking they're going to win too. Why the hell would you create an atmosphere like this, a climate like this? Because they are evil, folks. They like it. They're going to get destroyed too. They'll never survive. You think the people around them, no matter how many robots they've got and the rest of it, once there's a big nuclear war and a billion die in the first part of it and then four billion they estimate will die in a limited nuclear war of starvation and breakdown of society, and then the reactors all melt down and you've got hundreds, 400 plus Chernobyls going on. Do you really think in your bunker two miles under a mountain that the people around you aren't going to kill you? You have just gone into your own tomb and guaranteed you'll be killed. I mean, look, globalists, you're not that stupid, are you? You really want to live in a bunker. You really think that, 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 that you're not going to just kill each other in there because you love killing people. You're not going to stop. I'd estimate if 5,000 people are in one of these big bunker cities that in five years after they're down there, there'll be like 200 of them left. You people are freaking nuts. How the hell did you get us into this situation? And the answer is, you did it. I did it. We let these maniacs get in control. God help us. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Well, I've done my pontificating. It's time to put the nose to the grindstone and start covering what the baddies are doing so we can light them up with a spotlight. I mentioned it, so I might as well just put it up. Here's a Gateway Pundit article that has the excerpts out of it from the Washington Post. Washington Post complains that conservatives, libertarians preventing future pandemic lockdowns, yes, and climate lockdowns. Oh, and guess what? They're now putting a January 6th warning on anybody supporting Tucker Carlson or pointing out that they let the people in and led the Q shaman into the Senate. They lied to the public. Reaction to Tucker Carlson's leaking January 6th footage. And now they put an advisement on it to Wikipedia. January 6th United States Capitol attack. And it goes on to say, no, this isn't true. Here's the real truth. Lifetime management and control of reality because you can't believe your own lying eyes. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to get to Matt Taibbi. It's about a four-minute club because that just opens the door into the larger discussion of the total surveillance censorship grid that is beyond illegal. The government and a certain political party interface with big tech and dinosaur media to go out and watch and surveil and censor and lie about and attack people. We're going to play that. Then we start the next hour. I played that Redfield clip yesterday that's so huge, but I've got four more clips of him. We're going to air them all. Because this can take down the whole deep state. Fauci, Bill Gates, Peter Daszak, all of them. We know they made the virus. We know where they made it. They even put emails out before it was released to get the so-called vaccine ready, calling it COVID-19. We know that because it's been leaked by whistleblowers. Some names we know, some we don't, like Dr. Huff. People keep saying, we're the good people. They're all over the place, constantly exposing it. But the point is, he lied to Congress and hoped nobody would actually look at the evidence. And now the former head of the CDC, who was running all this, has come out against Fauci. 
because he knows Fauci and the, it's going down. But a lot more people than Fauci are going down. That's why Bill Gates is running around on a world tour to Europe and India and Africa and Australia and everywhere where he's this big savior because he knows he's the most hated person on earth after Klaus Schwab. They got polls where Bill Gates got like a 3% approval rating. Well, he's your doctor. He's going to put stuff in you. See, you didn't get away with it, Bill. We know you're a mass murderer, buddy boy. So what's he going to do? Play whack-a-mole? Crush Alex Jones? That just makes the tree of liberty grow. I don't particularly want to die, but if you send a hit team to kill me, say la vie. So is life. Somebody's got to stand up to these psychotics. And we are. But these are a bunch of maniacal, twisted, extremely sick, evil people. Let me do this or we won't be here. Um, plus, it's great products. Uh, we have the prebiotic that's been sold out for over a year that's packed. It does incredible things to your gut health and grows these great amino acids that are anti-cancer and so much more and just do incredible things. I was upset when it wasn't available the last year because I take it all the time. Thank God we got more back in. It's 40% off. Infowarstore.com. We got the best bone broth out there with the, all the extra ingredients like the turmeric, the chaga mushroom, and the bee pollen, the magnesium. It's the best bone broth you're going to find. The best concentrate from chicken. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's grandma's chicken soup squared. I mean, it just goes exponential. It's I'd say 50 times better. I mean, it's just, it's, it's over the top important. It's available in fullwarstore.com. Our CBD oil is amazing. Uh, wow, the turmeric toothpaste is so popular, too bad. We only did a limited order of it because at current sales rates, it'll be sold out in 15 days. And it's amazing toothpaste. It's full of vitamins and minerals and strong turmeric and essential oils. And if you want to rejuvenate your gums and fight gingivitis and polish your teeth and everything. It's got the coral calcium. It's got it all. My dad designed it. He's a retired dentist, oral surgeon. He threw the kitchen sink at this, and we're proud of it. Infowarstore.com, turmeric toothpaste. All right, here's uh, Matt Taibbi, who, say what you want about him, he uh, is a esteemed journalist. He's not in the rare class of a Seymour Hersh. Really, nobody is, but, I mean, he, he, he's a real journalist. He's got a leftist bent. He wears leftist... Not blinders, but, but, but you know, sunglasses. Uh, he, we all see through a rose color darkly. None of us are perfect. But he's telling the truth. And they are so upset. And here he is. He's still testifying as we speak uh, in Congress about this giant, organized, criminal deep state that was trying to normalize total surveillance and control and censorship. Here's the report. Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Plaskett, members of the Select Committee, thank you for having me today. My name is Matt Taibbi. I've been a reporter for 30 years uh, and a staunch advocate of the First Amendment. Much of that time was spent at Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, Ranking Member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York Times, New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> uh, I'm now the editor of the online magazine Racket on the independent platform Substack. I'm here today because of a series of events that began late last year when I received a note from a source online. It read, are you interested in doing a deep dive into what censorship and manipulation was going on at Twitter? A week later, the first of what became known as the Twitter Files reports came out. 
To say these attracted intense public interest would be an understatement. My computer looked like a Vegas slot machine uh, as the, just the first tweet about the blockage of the Hunter Biden laptop story registered 143 million impressions and 30 million engagements. But it wasn't until a week after the first report, after Michael Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, and other researchers joined the search of the files, that we started to grasp the significance of this story. The original promise of the internet was that it might democratize the exchange of information globally. A free internet would overwhelm all attempts to control information flow, its very existence a threat to anti-democratic forms of government everywhere. What we found in the files was a sweeping effort to reverse that promise and use machine learning and other tools to turn the internet into an instrument of censorship and social control. Unfortunately, our own government appears to be playing a lead role. We saw the first hints in communications between Twitter executives before the 2020 election. When we read things like flagged by DHS or please see attached report from FBI for potential misinformation. This would be attached to an Excel spreadsheet with a long list of names whose accounts were often suspended shortly after. Uh, again, Ranking Member Plaskett, I would note that the evidence of Twitter government relationship includes lists of tens of thousands of names on both the left and right. The people affected include Trump supporters, but also left-leaning sites like Consortium and Truthout, the leftist South American channel Telesaur, the Yellow Vest movement, that in fact is a key point of the Twitter files, that it's neither a left nor right issue. Following the trail of communications between Twitter and the federal government across tens of thousands of emails led to a series of revelations. Mr. Chairman, we summarized and submitted them to the committee in the form of a new Twitter file thread, which was also released to the public this morning. We learned Twitter, Facebook, Google, and other companies developed a formal system for taking in moderation requests from every corner of government, from the FBI, the DHS, the HHS, DOD, the Global Engagement Center at State, even the CIA. For every government agency scanning Twitter, there were perhaps 20 quasi-private entities doing the same thing, including Stanford's Election Integrity Partnership, NewsGuard, the Global Disinformation Index, and many others, many taxpayer-funded. A focus of this fast-growing network, as Mike noted, is making lists of people whose opinions, beliefs, associations, or sympathies are deemed misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. That last term is just a euphemism for true but inconvenient. Undeniably, the making of such lists is a form of digital McCarthyism. Ordinary Americans are not just being reported to Twitter for deamplification or deplatforming, but to firms like PayPal, digital advertisers like Xander, and crowdfunding sites like GoFundMe. These companies can and do refuse service to law-abiding people and, and businesses whose only crime is falling afoul of a distant, baseless, unaccountable... And that's called racketeering judge. to do that. As someone who grew up a traditional ACLU liberal, this mechanism for punishment and deprivation without due process is horrifying. Another troubling aspect is the role of the press, which should be the people's last line of defense in such cases. But instead of investigating these groups, journalists partnered with them. If Twitter declined to remove an account right away, government agencies and NGOs would call reporters for the New York Times, Washington Post, and other outlets, who in turn would call Twitter, demanding to know why action had not yet been taken. Effectively, news media became an arm of a state-sponsored thought policing system. I'm running out of time, so I'll just sum up and say... Uh, it's just not possible to instantly arrive at truth. It is, it is however, possible becoming uh, technologically uh, possible to instantly define and enforce a political consensus online, which I believe is what we're looking at. This is a grave threat to people of all pers political persuasions. Uh, the First Amendment and an American population accustomed to the right to speak is the best defense left against the censorship industrial complex. If the latter can knock over our first and most important constitutional guarantee, these groups will have no serious opponent left anywhere. If there's anything the Twitter files show, it's that we're in danger of losing this most precious right without which all democratic rights are impossible. Thank you for the opportunity to appear, and I'd be happy to answer any questions from the committee.
Alex Jones, thank you for representing and being bold. And everybody needs the support on InfoWarsStore.com. You heard it from Michelle, everybody. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy something. Alex, thank you for being so bold and talking about topics that are so secret. And I can't wait to interview you. Inside Bohemian Grove, baby. Everyone at Fight Club loves Alex Jones. Infowarsstore.com. If uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there will be uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. But how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. I promise you we'll be able to do it. Tonight, sabotage at sea. That's what President Biden is calling the leaks and explosions on the Nord Stream pipelines. Like a boiling cauldron, the busy Baltic Sea bursting with gas from ruptured Russian Nord Stream reinforced pipelines. First on CNN, sources telling us that European security officials observed Russian Navy ships earlier this week in the vicinity of those leaks in the Nord Stream pipelines that were likely caused by underwater explosions. Here's what we know. We know that Russian support ships, Russian Navy support ships, were spotted in the vicinity of the leaks on these pipelines. We were also told by a source familiar with the intelligence that Russian submarines were spotted in the general area last week. I think this is uh clearly a, a, an act of sabotage of some sort, and, and Russia is certainly the most likely uh, suspect. It's incredibly uh, alarming. President Vladimir Putin has blamed the United States and its allies for blowing up the undersea Nord Stream pipelines. It was a deliberate act of sabotage, and now the Russians are pumping out disinformation and lies. If Russia wanted to shut off the pipeline, they would flip the button, they would twist the knob. They, they don't need to blow it up, it's theirs. It, it starts in Russia. So it was pretty obvious to us the Biden administration was involved in this. They have been lying to us all along about this. There's yes. no way the United States was not either involved or knew about this or at the very minimum uh, approved it. Today, a senior U.S. government official rejected a new claim by Russia's defense minister. He claimed that Ukraine is preparing to detonate a radioactive dirty bomb with Western help on its own territory. This is the first time the 101st Airborne Division has deployed to Europe since World War II. The idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war, and they will have to fight, and they will be dying. Sirens blaring across much of central and eastern Ukraine today as Putin's forces ramp up. Washington has placed more than 8,000 U.S. based troops on a heightened state of alert. Today, the U.S. sent in the cavalry bound for Romania right along the Ukrainian border. If we continue down this path, we may end up with a nuclear holocaust. that the 
U.S. is developing contingency plans for possible Russian escalation in its war in Ukraine, including the potential use of tactical nuclear weapons. Russian President Vladimir Putin today making it official. He just formally suspended Russia's involvement in its last remaining nuclear arms control treaty with the United States. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now back within the realm of possibility. Every actuary, every historic war game, every analysis shows this leads to total thermal nuclear war. today on this Thursday, March 9th, 2023 transmission. But I think today's show headline at Infowars.com really says it all. The entire deep state and its its deception, its its shielding, its cloaking of its operations is in free fall. Red alert, deep state imploding on all fronts, gain of function, spying, censorship, January 6th, and more. We are at the crossroads, ladies and gentlemen. So, I covered World War III. I covered the illegal spying and surveillance and censorship that's going on. All the big hearings happening right now where this incredible criminal activity is coming out. Um, Matt Taibbi doing a great job in a four-and-a-half-minute opening statement really boiling down and crystallizing how it's big think tanks, dinosaur media. Leftist organizations. All being given governmental surveillance tools to then censor you and your family and then persecute you and basically bring, bring forward the proto development and implementation of the social credit score. I mean, that's here. And Congress is getting a crash course in it, but many of them are involved in it in the private committee, classified committee hearing meetings. Hell, they've had hearings the last six and a half years where they just say, Alex Jones is a Russian agent, and Donald Trump is, and we have the Pentagon, you know, working against him. The Pentagon the CIA, the FBI, and they haven't been able to shut us down because people have a hunger for truth, and they've not been able to dig up or make up anything wrong we've done, so now they're shifting to levels of lies where I read articles that come out every day about me, and I mean, all of it is just whole cloth lies. 
total fraud, total garbage, but that's all they've got. They're not giving up. They're never going away until we stop them. And if you look at how they escalate their power grab when they're challenged, they're leading us into nuclear war. But let's talk about something else other than nuclear war. What about viruses? What about man-made viruses? What about new chimeric viruses that are splices of different families of viruses like COVID-19? And then the shot that's far worse, that is their response and answer to that. Well, we covered this article yesterday, and I think I'll start where we were yesterday because there's four or five clips that we didn't get to. But let's start with the MTG questioning of Robert Redfield, number six, the former head of the CDC. And then we'll get into all the other clips, but uh, here's the article that has the quotes and things in it. You want to share it. Former CDC Director Redfield to Congress, COVID-19 created in a lab, U.S. government funded gain-of-function research. And Fauci basically covered it up. We're going to play all those clips here now. Lying to Congress, putting out false reports. You couldn't get more criminal. But this is what courts and law enforcement supposed to be for. When you got mad scientists that are trying to recreate 12 monkeys for real, you know... If you like your kids living, see, because they're the one with a gun to our head. A biological gun. If you like living, well, then we better get up off our asses and stop letting Big Pharma run our lives and try to end our lives. And I'm not saying go attack Fauci's house. That's the last thing we want, turns him into a victim. I want him destroyed politically. I want him indicted. I want his ass imprisoned. I want him to turn state's evidence against his bosses, Bill Gates, and the rest of them. But we know what will happen. They're getting ready to set Fauci up because he is the bag man. He's been doing this stuff for 45 years. He's a eugenicist, part of Bill Gates' depopulation board. They're going to put it all on Fauci, and I think Fauci's going to have a heart attack and be found dead or die in a car wreck or maybe a kayaking accident. Something like that. So they know it's all coming out. And I think uh, Fauci will never see a jail cell. I think they're going to kill Fauci. What do you think? Here's Redfield. All right, let's just hit pause. Let's just hit pause because I don't have any audio. Let's just recheck the clip. Whenever you guys tell me it's ready, I'll go to the clip, okay? Anybody want to tell me it's ready? Oh, great. Go ahead and roll it. Dr. Redfield, did you agree, in your opinion, with Dr. Anderson's assessment at the time that this virus did look engineered? I was concerned because of uh, the presence of the furin cleavage site that we've talked about. And I think it's important to understand what that cleavage site does. 
that cleavage site totally changes the orientation of the binding domain of COVID. So it now, which could not see the ACE2 receptor, which is a human receptor, it totally changes the orientation now. So it has high affinity for a human receptor. So that furin cleavage site bothered me. It didn't seem that it belonged there. And then when you look at the sequences that it used, and it's beyond the committee, but I know many of you have looked into it, the sequences that they used in those 12 nucleotides for arginine were the arginine sequences nucleotide triplet that coded for the human arginine. So why did this virus have the arginine sequences for human there, not bat? It was very disconcerting to me. It looked like this virus was engineered. Was this uh, what you're observing and speaking of? Is this something that would be in line with gain of function research and the and the capabilities it would provide to right. the virus? Yeah, I mean, basically, this lab published in 2014 that they accomplished in this uh, allowing the coronaviruses that they were working with in the lab to bind to the H2 receptor in humanized mice, and the only way they did that was by reorienting the binding domain. And it was clear to them at this time that that was likely the issue in their private conversations. Um, yet by February 4th, a paper on the origins of COVID is drafted by four participants of the February 1 conference call. One of those participants, Dr. Anderson, completely reverses himself in an email to the president of EcoHealth, Peter Dozik, and says the main crackpot theories going around at the moment relate to this virus being somehow engineered, and that is demonstrably false. Um, my question to you, Mr. Redfield, did you know of any evidence that they had found within three days from February 1st to February 4th to be able to confirm that it was not created in a lab? Um, as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, I was excluded from those conversations. Uh, which I found retroactively very disappointed since I was obviously a virologist and very engaged. And I actually had asked Jeremy Farrar, Tony Fauci, and Tedros to have these conversations. And then to be excluded, I found unusual. I do think it illustrates one point that's worth really focusing on. When, when you have a group of people that decide there could only be one point of view, that's problematic. And I'll keep going saying it's antithetical to science. And unfortunately, that's what they did. I can tell you, Dr. Redfield, that is the case. It's very problematic because how people suffered in this country from those, uh, what I would call, um, tyrannical decisions using the, their positions of power um, and shutting down the country yeah, in the way they did. I, I think people definitely do feel that way. Thank you. I yield back. All right, we're going to come back with the clips we haven't gotten to that are even more powerful, where he specifically talks about Fauci lying about gain of function and all the rest of it. I mean, Redfield knows they're going down, and uh, Redfield was excluded from all of this, the head of the CDC, because the UN and Fauci and Bill Gates, they were running all this, and they created the damn virus, and they released it. They killed a lot of friends of mine, and they're killing a lot of people right now with a shot. We just sit here and take this? No, we're not. You evil people are not invincible, and you are going to be brought to justice, so you can't do this ever again. And all you leftists that have defended this, you have aided and abetted mass murder. I hope you're really proud of uh, your sick sycophants. Welcome back as we try to stop World War III and more lockdowns and bioattacks. They're getting geared up and ready for to have new lockdowns. You know, when I say these things, these aren't just words. This is really happening. They cooked up the virus. They released it. They killed a bunch of people. They blocked therapeutics. 
They told folks that could have been given steroids and antibiotics because the virus gets carried by bacteria uh, and things like vitamin D and hydroxychloroquine. They told them, just go home. Then once you got too sick, they put you on a respirator and killed you. It was all a plan worldwide run by the same people. And now they're going to do it again and again and again. That's their takeover plan. One of their big plans. We just going to sit here and wait for that to happen or just cower? Well, I don't want to get attacked politically or I don't want to be criticized. We've been vindicated. We're turning the tide. So now all the people have been on the fence who know the truth. Why don't you come join us? We can fix this quicker before World War III. Can we do that? I'm not talking to the main audience of amazing people. I'm talking to all the people that tune in here from foreign governments and agencies and corporations to see what all the hubbub is about. The hubbub is about us just saying, this is insane. Can we stop this, please? And you notice everything we've talked about, we've shown you the proof here, contrary to what they say. That's why we're under attack, because the crazy people that run things want to stay in power. And they're using crisis after crisis to do so. Now, there's a bunch of these clips. I said four more. There's like five or six of them. Actually, six of them left. Uh, let's play clip seven, and then let's just play clip four back-to-back, uh, -back, and then uh, play clip two. So seven, four, and two. The head of the CDC turning state's evidence in front of the world, because he knows he ain't going to the Justice Department, but he's doing it in front of Congress. Can't get more smoking gun than this. Where is it in the news? Well, it's here and there, but this is big. Here it is. So one, one other path of questioning for you, Dr. Redfield. Proponents of this research claim it may result in vaccines or maybe even stop a pandemic. Dr. Redfield, has gain-of-function created any life-saving vaccines or therapeutics to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Has gain-of-function stopped a pandemic to, in Europe? And is illegal? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. Hit pause. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have led the whole show with this. In fact, Scott, the producer at the start of the show, said, Alex, I know you got it on your plate. We think the Redfield thing's the biggest. I said, I agree. He said, will you just play clip seven? And we're an hour and 22 minutes into it. In fact, on the front of the whole show today, when we post it to man.video, put a note to play this clip up front on the show, because I should have led with this. Play the clip again and listen. He's saying gain of functions, what caused this. U.S. government made it. They took it to China so they could have plausible deniability. They did it on purpose, folks. They had the vaccine already ready. You understand how big this is? This is this is just so huge. Go ahead. So one one other path of questioning for you, Dr. Redfield. Proponents of this research claim it may result in vaccines or maybe even stop a pandemic. Dr. Redfield, has gain of function created any life-saving vaccines or therapeutics to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Has gain of function stopped a pandemic, to, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. Do you find any tangible benefits uh, to gain of function research at this time? I personally don't, but I do want to stress, I think the men and women that support it are people of good faith because they truly believe it's going to lead to a potential benefit. I disagree with that assessment. Thank you. Chairman, for two years, myself and the other Republicans on this subcommittee connected the dots. We exposed the evidence supporting our strong belief that COVID was developed and leaked from the Wuhan lab. And during those same two years, the same Democrats that sit on this committee, they only hindered, they obstructed, they refused to hold hearings and get to the truth. Now we see mounting evidence supporting 
the COVID-19 originated from the lab in Wuhan, China, run by the Communist Chinese uh, Party. And this hearing is about getting to the truth. I thank the chairman for making this the very first hearing because the American people who have seen just as many fellow Americans die from COVID, as nearly as many die from COVID, that died in every war since the American Revolution combined, deserve to know the truth. Uh, Dr. Redfield, you pointed to the lab leak theory even before we did. In mid-January of 2020, you expressed concerns to Dr. Fauci, to uh, Jeremy Farrer of UK's Wellcome Trust, and to Dr. Tedros of World Health Organization that, quote, we had to take the lab leak hypothesis with extreme seriousness. And you urged Dr. Fauci to investigate both the lab and the natural hypotheses. Shortly thereafter, on February 1st, uh, Farrer convened a meeting of a group of 11 top scientists across five time zones and asked Dr. Fauci to join, and he wrote, quote, my preference is to keep this group really tight. Obviously, ask everyone to treat in total confidence, unquote. Dr. Redfield, you were excluded from this call, but up until then, you had been on every single, you were included in every other conversation. What changed? Why do you think that you were excluded from these conversations? Thank you very much. I think uh, just to emphasize, uh, in, in, in early to mid-January, I did have multiple calls with Fauci, Farrar, and, and, and Tedros about how important I thought it was that science get engaged in, in aggressive, aggressively pursuing both hypotheses. I also expressed, as a clinical virologist, that I felt it was um, not scientifically plausible that this virus went from a bat to humans and became one of the most infectious viruses that we have for humans. All viruses are not the same. So when you look at coronaviruses with, for SARS and MERS, for example, when they entered the human species, which they did via an intermediate, they never learned how to go human to human. Even to this day, they don't know how to go human to human. So you can't equate Ebola with a coronavirus. Now, why do, you, why do you think you were excluded from those calls? I, because it was, I was told to me that uh, they wanted a single narrative and that I obviously had a different point of view. Okay. In uh, emails following the conference call, four of the 11 scientists told Fauci Hit that pause. they all Back it up 10 seconds. So you're not allowed to go on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere and save this or, until now. But it wasn't just you. It was the head of the CDC wasn't allowed to go... Uh, we've never had a virus does this. We looked at it. It's man-made. Oh, sorry. The head of the CDC can't be in the meeting. The UN's going to run this with Fauci and Bill Gates. See how it works, folks? It goes all the way to the top. And all we need is people like Redfield to spill their guts, and down goes the New World Order. And by the way, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses... And all the king's men couldn't put the New World Order back together again. Continue. Pursuing both hypotheses. I also expressed as a clinical virologist that I felt it was um, not scientifically plausible that this virus went from a bat to humans and became one of the most infectious viruses that we have for humans. All viruses are not the same. So when you look at coronaviruses with, for SARS and MERS, for example, when they entered the human species, which they did via an intermediate, they never learned how to go human to human. Even to this day, they don't know how to go human to human. So you can't equate Ebola 
with a coronavirus. Now, why do you why do you think you were excluded from those calls? I, because it was I was told to me that uh, they wanted a single narrative, and that I obviously had a different point of view. Okay. And oh, emails following the conference call for the eleven. Right, let's stop there. We'll come back with the rest of this clip and a couple others. But you understand, it was a hundred percent in January of 2020, three years ago, that it was man-made. That they've known day one. They made the damn thing. They already had a vaccine ready. They need to be in prison right now. We need to stop these people before they strike. Old Fauci and Bill Gates sure as hell broke the law, didn't they? Breaking the law. Breaking the law. So this is really the biggest story in the country. It's not J6. It's 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 not the open borders. It's it's not even Russia and World War Three potential because. It's hard to stop this World War III operation. We're trying. But on the new lockdowns and the millions they killed and the tens of millions that have been maimed and their whole global government system for the UN World Treaty, they created the virus. They released the virus. They made it novel so it would scare all the scientists that knew it was man-made. Then they told the public it wasn't man-made. Then they rolled out a poison shot. Their whole program hinges on this. And now the head, the former head of the CDC, an esteemed famous virologist comes out and says, this is man-made. COVID-19 was gain of function. And here's the key. It's not that deadly, but it spreads really quick. But they wanted to give you a shot to respond to the spike protein that is way more toxic. But they've got airborne Ebola that's man-to-man, human-to-human, person-to-person, father-to-child, child-to-mother, grandpa-to-grandma, neighbor-to-neighbor, door-to-door. And they've got man-made weaponized Marburg that kills 95% of those that are infected. they got man-made mouse pox that kill 90% they got all the real stuff lined up for you. And are we going to stop them? Or no, we'll just follow orders and let them kill everybody soon. Because COVID was just a test if they can clamp down so we don't panic too bad where everybody's dying. That was just a drill. That's like when the serial killer kidnaps somebody and puts handcuffs on them and duct tape on their mouth while he drives them from the playground where he grabbed them to his shack in the middle of nowhere where he tortures you to death in a dungeon in a basement. But metaphorically, they knocked us over the head. They got us in the van, but we woke up, got out of the plastic tape around our legs, used our elbows to open the back of the van, and stumbled out into the countryside at night, breaking an arm, hurting our ankle, skinning our face up. We're on handcuffs in the dark, but we ran into the woods, and the serial killer can't find us. That's where we are. We're in the woods bleeding with a broken arm in handcuffs. And the handcuffs are the fact we want to admit the truth we're under attack. Got to take the handcuffs off. Got to get back to civilization. Got to tell folks what happened. They didn't get us to the farmhouse to strap us down on the gurney and torture us for two weeks to death. That's the next phase. Or you can let the guy drive back in the van. He'll have a spotlight. Hey, I'm really your friend. Come out of that creek bottom you're in. Come up here in the cornfield. Get back in the van. I promise I'll be nice to you. You'll never find anybody to protect you. I'm going to catch you. You're not going to catch you. All you got to do is just keep going to the woods, 
Oh, over a couple of hills, you'll find another farmhouse. Knock on the door and say, I was just kidnapped. Call the police. All we got to do is not have Stockholm Syndrome and, and, and not listen to them and limp up the hill and down the road and go to the farmhouse. But make sure it's not his farmhouse when we get there. Maybe go to the next farmhouse. But the point is, that'd be funny, you get away and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's, his, it's his farmhouse. And that's kind of what you're calling the Justice Department's like, you get out of the back of the van and you're out in the countryside, you go to the, go to the nearest house, and it's actually, you know, the kidnapper's house. And that's why Redfield had to go to Congress, even though it's corrupt and bad, it's a public forum. Or you can say, you out of the woods, the creek bottom, up to the road, he's up there on the road with a spotlight. You promise you'll be nice if I come back out? Yes, oh good, I see you there. All of a sudden, you notice the spotlight's on you, and he's got a deer rifle. Oh, you can trust me. He gets in his van and drives away as you bleed to death. No, keep your mouth shut. Get to the farmhouse. Get to the media. Get on the air. Go speak at city council. The farmhouse and calling 911 is not calling the FBI. They're helping run the whole thing at the top. It's... Getting to the city council, the county commission, the medical board, anywhere that's televised and talking about this. It's calling into C-SPAN. It's calling to talk radio. It's calling Congress. It's spreading the word. It's, it's, it's standing up with sandwich boards on the side of the street. It's ringing the alarm bell. Don't get in the van with these guys because they're bringing new lockdowns back. They're bringing more poison shots back. To the Washington Post today, they're getting ready for more lockdowns. Don't let them do it. You've already been hit over the head. You've already been handcuffed the back of a van. You were able to get out of it. You were able to get out of the back of the van. All you got is a broken arm right now. You just Listen, if you get back in that damn van, he is going to torture you to death. Don't get in the van. And everybody's like, well, of course I wouldn't back in the van. No, a lot of people would. As for me, I never got in the van. I've been hit over the head plenty of times, if you use the analogy, but I've never let him get me in the van. Except maybe in Scanner Darkly. That's fiction. That's a scene I basically wrote. Because the van is the metaphor. Can you guys pull up Alex Jones, Scanner Darkly? Van scene. Connor Reeves. But, but that's what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen. But the average person who's a leftist is under Stockholm Syndrome, and they really believe we're the bad guys. They believe freedom and justice and the Second Amendment and in prosperity and capitalism and Christianity. They believe that's the van. They think open borders and suicide and, 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 and death and disease and poison injections and World War III is fun. They think that's happiness because they are victims of the system so weak that their minds play a trick on them that getting in the van is a good thing. So don't go into the van willingly. And if you see somebody getting grabbed and put in a van, don't just shake it off like Keanu Reeves does and get in the car with an owner rider. 
But see, that's what the crime, it, with everything, it's a metaphor for it. We're just all kind of used to the crime and corruption and censorship and all these bad, and the power going on and off all the time and just all this weirdness because they're normalizing the whole thing. Don't get in the van. And children are designed for archetypal fairy tales that are based on real things. Like Little Red Riding Hood is, hey, you're walking to Grandma's house a few miles from the woods. If you see a man, he may act really nice, but if you don't know the man, he's really a big bad wolf and could rape you and kill you. Because that went on back then. So if you see a man in the woods, you don't know, keep your mouth shut and get away. Well, what's the left teach us? Oh, send your kids to school. Let those wolves in sheep's clothing teach them whatever and then have the teachers not tell you what they're teaching your children. It's all predatory. It's all an exercise, the TSA groping you, all of it, to train you to be a slave, to train you that you don't have boundaries, to train you that you don't have rights, to train you they own your body. Do I blame the average TSA agent? No, but the whole thing is a conditioning mechanism. It's all part of the process from liberty to tyranny, from freedom to slavery. More of the head of the CDC spilling his guts in spectacular fashion as the rats leave the sinking Titanic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting worldwide. Now, I want to get back to Redfield here. Because, I mean, seriously, you cannot make a big enough deal about this. And it's getting national news, and it's here and there, but they're, but they're reporting on it. But the way they report it is, well, Redfield says it could have been gain-of-function, and he thought it might be a lab, but they blocked him. No, Fauci lied to Congress. Fauci knew. They 100% knew it was man-made. They tried to get Redfield to go along with it. Here's a quote we haven't even gotten to. In September 2019, three things happened in the lab. One is they deleted the sequence, heavily irregular. They deleted the sequence they made because it matched the virus. Researchers don't like to do that, Redfield said. The second thing is they changed the command and control from civilian to military in September, right before they release it to blame Trump and shut everything down. This is Redfield testifying. We haven't even gotten to this clip yet. The third, which is telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in the laboratory. Clearly, there was strong evidence that a significant event happened in the laboratory in September. Oh, it was an accident. Let's finish up with uh, clip four, and then let's uh, go to clip two. Let's just play them back to back. In emails following the conference call, four of the 11 scientists told Fauci that they all found the genetic sequence inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, basically what you're saying. However, just three days later, these four scientists had drafted a paper arguing the exact opposite, and that's now the infamous proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2. Our investigations show that this paper was prompted by Dr. Fauci, among others, with a goal to disprove the lab leak theory. What is the likelihood that these scientists came across additional information just three days after making these statements to conclude with such certainty that COVID-19 came from nature instead of the lab leak that they thought it was three days earlier? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. Again, I've said this before. 
that this whole approach that was taken on, January, on February 1st and subsequently in the month of February, if you really want to be truthful, it's antithetical to science. Thank you. Science has debate, and they squashed any debate. Thank you. Given what we know now and looking at all the conversations in February of 2020 and before the release of the paper, do you think that uh, Dr. Fauci used this paper to hide the gain of function research created, that gain of function research created this virus? I can't talk about Fauci's motivation. Do you think that the paper does hide the truth? I think it's an inaccurate paper that basically was part of a narrative that they were creating. Remember, this pandemic did not start in January at the seafood market. We now know there was infections all the way back into September. This was a narrative that was decided that they were going to say this came from the wet market and they were going to do everything they could to support it, to negate any discussion about the possibility that this came from a laboratory. I got 20 seconds left. Dr. Fauci was affirmatively told in, told in an email that uh, NIAID had a monetary relationship with the Wuhan uh, Institute through uh, EcoHealth Alliance. He, he was told this in January 27th of 2020. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. I'm out of time. Thank you very much. Now recognize mistake that I will say if you go back and look, it's declassified now, and I'm sure you all have your classified uh, briefings. But the declassified information now, in September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. Mm -hmm. It was highly irregular. So researchers don't usually like to do that. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual, and I've been involved in dual-use labs when I was in the military. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. So I think clearly there was strong evidence that there was a significant event that happened in that laboratory in September. It's now been declassified. You can read it. I'm sure there's more classified information around. Dr. Redfield, I want to stick with you. You, you have said before that you were locked out of conversations about the lab leak by Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. Do you think they kept you out of the conversations because you believe COVID-19 may have come from a lab? Yeah, I think I made it very clear in January to all of them why we had to aggressively pursue this, and I let them know as a virologist that I didn't see that this was anything like SARS or MERS because they never learned how to transmit human to human, that I felt this virus was too infectious for humans there was a lot of evidence that lab actually published in 2014 that they put the H2 receptor into humanized mice so it could infect human tissue. I think, you know, we had to really uh, seriously go after the fact it came from the lab. And they knew that that was how I was thinking, although I thought we had to go after both hypotheses. And I was told later, uh, I didn't know I was excluded. I didn't know there was a February 1st conference call until the Freedom of Information came out with the emails, and I was quite upset as the CDC director that I was exclu excluded from those discussions. Well, uh, why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view, and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative, which I will argue is antithetical to science. Science never selects a single narrative. We foster, as my colleague here just said, we foster debate. Mm -hmm. 
And we, we're confident that with debate, science will eventually get to the truth. This was an a priori decision that there's one point of view that we're going to put out there, and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined. And as I say, I was only the CDC director, right. and I was sidelined. And then the American people are told any questioning's wrong, and you'll be censored or worse, deplatformed. If you were medical doctors all over the country that owned clinics that did IVs, and you advertise your patients, hey, vitamin C and then vitamin D pills are shown to reduce viruses more than 97%. The FBI would raid you with, with shields and, and guns to act like you did something wrong. They're always busy raiding Amish as well, selling milk that hurts no one. Because selling milk and vitamin D is evil. Shipping kids across the border to be raped to death, that's loving and liberal. And so is creating bioweapons. It's all liberal. It's all cool. It's all trendy. It's all, ugh, they're in charge. Psychotic demons. Absolutely out of control. Seven ways to Sunday. Let's play clip seven again because, I mean, this is just, this is the CD. You heard him say, you know, and I'm being excluded. I'm only the CDC director. That's a cabinet, congressional appointed, super powerful position. It was the UN folks and Peter Daszak and Bill Gates and their little bastard. That's too not a lot of great bastards out there. Like, why is a bastard an insult? Some of my best friends are bastards. C Colin Fauci, a cockroach, is like a a nice thing to say. He is a freaking psychotic demon, and so is Bill Gates. And we're not going to sit here and take them murdering us and re releasing something new on our asses that they're all pre-positioning right now. They're running around like parrots on methamphetamine telling you a new virus and new lockdowns are coming. Get ready for it. I mean, seriously, folks, are we going to sit here and take this? And I say this to all the corporate people and all the government people and everybody else and media people. Stop pretending you're not on the receiving end of this. Stop pretending you're not in the crosshairs. Stop pretending just because you pretend and go along with the system that you're protected. You are not. You are targeted. You are in trouble. Get it through your head. Do you need to have a bioweapon that kills 20% of a citizen before you wake up? Do you need to have a nuclear war first? No. I love my children. Please stop it. For heaven's sakes, wake the hell up. <sighs> The Nazis that tried to kill Hitler repeatedly were pro-Nazi and crazy people, but they were smart enough to know that Hitler had already lost, and when Germany still had strength, they should make a deal with Stalin and, 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 and then end the war. They didn't because they tried to kill Hitler and they couldn't. We don't have one person we can kill and fix this. Hitler actually ran stuff in Germany. I'm not calling for violence. We have to kill the idea. We have to nonviolently expose the living hell out of it and have noncompliance, civil disobedience. We'll come back with clip seven. And we got some. Uh, normally, people would hype this stuff, what we have so huge. Uh, it's just kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, we have the January 6th video. We have it. InfoWars and our people have it coming on. We have it. Oh, I, I, I kind of forgot to tell you that. We'll be right back. I mean, there's a lot going on here, folks. Stay with us.
And by the way, thank you for your support. The CBD product from InfoWarsStore.com is truly outstanding. I've got one of my family members on it, and it's working wonders. It is highly potent. It's very effective. We've tested it in the laboratory, and it's an extraordinary value. InfoWarsStore.com. Check out the CBD oil. I think that's the 1,000 milligram bottle that I'm referring to there, but there are some other formats that are available as well. I did talk to the team and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you and on what the DC bill does. It reduces maximum penalties uh, for offenses like murders and other homicides, armed, armed home invasion burglaries, armed, armed carjackings, as I mentioned, armed robberies, unlawful gun possession, and some uh, sexual assault offenses. And together we're saying loud and clearly that in America, hate and extremism will not prevail although they are rearing their ugly head in significance now. Although they are rearing their ugly head in significance now. The issue that I don't cover enough because I know at one level it's just gonna create division and that's not what we need, we need to all love each other. But you can't address a problem if the corporate media continues to cover it up and then censor those that expose it. But every time I hear about a mass shooting or some big death, and I noticed that they have the suspect in custody. They won't ever show the picture. I go, well, I know why. I know why this story's gonna go away real quick, because it's not a white person. So it isn't about demonizing the black people that a small minority of them are committing the disproportionate majority of these type of violent crimes. It's about not letting the Justice Department, since Biden got in two years ago, joining the whole Hollywood ADL narrative that white people are the most vicious, out-of-control criminals everywhere. Officials say that Peyton Gendron, a white 18-year-old man... This hateful act and other similar hateful acts across the country motivated by white supremacy. A white supremacist who has engaged in an act of terrorism. It's not fair to lie about white people as a group and say we're bad terrorists and then cover up young black males committing the majority, the majority of violent crime. And, and, and most black males don't do that and they're hardworking good people and they don't deserve it. If you could talk to any of the people who, who walked into your, your business and, and, and set that place on fire, what, what would you tell them? Put yourself in our shoes. You know, this could be one of your family members. This could be your mom, your dad, your uncle, your brother or sister. You know, this could be one of your family members that had their own business that was burned down to the ground. Just like white people don't deserve to be blamed for what some other white person does. But when a white person goes out and commits a mass shooting, you don't ever stop hearing about it forever. And how all white people and how all gun owners are collectively to blame. Why is America 30% white guys and 70% of the shootings in the last many decades have been at the hands of white guys? I'm not saying we should racially profile white guys, but I do think it's interesting to note that, that had the shooters, had 70% of mass shooters been, let's say, Arabs or African-American men, I think the conversation right now would be a very different conversation. That's preposterous. Three killed, a mother, a nine-year-old, and, and, and a news camera person and as soon as it didn't say what the person's race was, I knew it was not a white person. Sure enough, I put the shooter's name in. It's a young black man. So in less than two years, 18 and 19, he's 19 and a half, he's got a big old giant armed robbery crime rap sheet 
and he's on the streets because of these Soros prosecutors, and then he goes and kills people who are totally innocent, including a nine-year-old girl and a camera person who responded to another shooting in the area. Hell, he'll probably be out in five years, all because he's, quote, black. By the way, the uh, shooter in Florida a few years ago that shot all those people at that public school, because his last name was Cruz, he was adopted, he was white. Because his last name was Cruz, despite a rap sheet again about two inches thick of violence and robbery and death threats, he was released with no time served because his last name was Cruz by the minority, quote, reform program in Florida and carried out in Broward County so he could go kill all those people. And the left knows exactly what they're doing. They always accuse you of the very things they're doing themselves. If there's one rule you can keep on your fridge, write it down, put it in your wallet to evaluate the behavior of the people in charge, it's that. They blame you for their sins every single time. So if you ever get in trouble and you're white, just identify as black or Hispanic and you can get out of jail free. All right, folks, we've got over-the-top big news coming up in T-minus 60 seconds. Believe me. All right, we're drinking out of a fire hose here, ladies and gentlemen, and doing the best job we can at InfoWars. And to his credit, Ivan Reichlin uh, is a lawyer, a Green Beret. He's been a big analyst at the Defense Intelligence Agency. He works very closely with General Flynn, who, by the way, is doing a commercial-free, hour-long-plus interview with me this Saturday at noon central time live at infowars.com on all the intel coming in and the amazing point we've reached in society right now but before we go to gary mcbride let me just have ivan raiklin he'll be riding shotgun with us he's at the u.s capitol he's now working very closely with the republicans uh giving them the intel for the committees you see ongoing you'll see him in a lot of the footage there with the committees he's doing yeoman's work uh for the republic at this uh, critical time he told me months ago, hey, I'm working with a guy that's collated via the lawyers that have gotten big pieces of the 41,000, 42,000 hours of January 6th footage. You should really work with me on that. I said, okay, great. And then we all get focused on Tucker Carlson going into Congress and getting full access officially there. But Ivan was telling me about Gary McBride, who has gone out and gotten over it was 7,000, now it's 10,000 plus hours of J6 footage through the lawyers that have gotten big pieces of it. And then you go to dozens of lawyers, you get them all together and you've got a big chunk. So this is a big deal. And so what I'm going to do is today is just an introduction to this because it's so important. I'm going to have these guys back tomorrow with a bunch of the clips. And, and again, it's not that I cover this up on purpose. I don't. I've got so much going on that I get told about things, I intend to do something, and then I forget about it. And then the producer came to me and said, Ivan's calling again. He's got the guy, and, I, and he's got the footage, and he's got the HD of everything you're looking for. And I'm like, Jiminy Crickets, I dropped the ball, which, I, I, in fairness, we got a lot of balls juggling here. So I can juggle like three or four at once, but when it gets about 18 balls, I'm not doing a very good job. Then they fall on the ground, and I forget where they're at. Uh, so Ivan Raiklin, this is huge on Twitter at Raiklin, R-A-I-K-L-I-N. Uh, Ivan, amazing information. Tell us the backstory on this, your take on the Tucker situation, and then tell us about Gary McBride. We'll bring him up next segment and his incredible talk about sleuthish work. It's like 
in, in the 1979-1980 uh, hostage crisis in Iran, the State Department and the CIA shredded all the files, but they didn't think the Iranians would get the women together to put them all back together again. This guy's basically done that and and and, and cobbled it all a large tranche together uh, so we don't have to wait for uh, Kevin McCarthy to release it. This is a big story hiding in plain view. So, Ivan, we salute you and your work. We salute Gary McBride, who's at m5newsgate.com. The word, the the letter M five, the the number five, M five newsgate.com. Uh, give us a synopsis of what we're about to get into. Yeah, I want to give as much time as possible to Gary McBride, uh, Alex. But I want to frame it this way: Gary McBride is the one person on the planet of the seven billion plus that has seen the most footage, that has assessed, analyzed, and done the necessary research on both private and government holdings of the video footage of January sixth. I spent over 13 hours with Gary uh, about three to four week, uh, weekends ago and essentially laid out my argument of what I thought occurred at the strategic level at the Capitol, meaning all roads lead to Pelosi and her progeny and her family. But he has the tactical understanding and literally knows names. He can probably name you every single officer that day. He can name you uh, from both Metropolitan Police Department, U.S. Capitol Police, and can probably name, and if he doesn't have the name, has already identified a moniker for each individual surrounding the capital. So he's that basically mapped. He's basically analysis he's done. So, so he's basically mapped what really happened. Sorry. Yes, sir. And I mean, I have really nothing else to add other than I can give the strategic frame where I think this was the facilitated unlawful entry into the Capitol by Nancy Pelosi because she's the judge, jury, executioner as a Speaker of the House, and she decides who gets to get criminally prosecuted and who does not based on her oversight of the Capitol Police Board, namely the Sergeant at Arms on the House side, the uh, Capitol Architect, as well as the U.S. Capitol Police Chief. And so with that frame, with that knowledge, and knowing that Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra, was inside the Capitol, quote-unquote, doing a documentary, and probably coordinating with her husband, uh, Michael Voss, who happens to be Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law, who was on the outside, seen alongside uh, Jacob Chansley taking selfies with them. These are the individuals that need to be uh, investigated further by this House Admin Committee. So at the big picture level, that's who I'm trying to convince to look at Alexandra Pelosi, Michael Voss, John Sullivan, Ray Epps, uh, Nancy Pelosi, her chief of staff, Terry McCullough, uh, and then some of these other folks, uh, as well as the Sergeant at Arms, Paul Irving, who fled to Tampa, I believe. These are the individuals that need to testify before this new Congress. And I think Gary is gonna be able to lay this out. If you give him a, a, enough time, he'll lay out footage that is now finally coming out, but he has even more details to frame what is going on that Tucker just can't, and Tucker finally is getting to it. Uh, and Gary's been on this for at least probably 18 months. So that's all I got. And I oh, think well, I know I and we're going to go to him. We're going to have you both back up tomorrow because this is huge and it's important. And we, we've had raw footage. We've had citizen shot footage that's all blurry. Now you guys, he's gotten the footage of what happened outside NHD. So powerful. We'll have some of today, a lot more tomorrow. And I appreciate you both. But but do a few minutes with us, then ride shotgun a little bit with us uh, here because you have a lot to add. Ivan, you're working closely with Congress, these committees. You were on a few months ago. You said you're about to see incredible action in Congress. We're now seeing it on gain of function, Redfield Going state's evidence saying gain of function. They made it. They lied. They released it. I mean, total open and shut. Uh, Matt Taibbi, total proof of deep state running the censorship. Uh, all the January 6th stuff coming out. This is a real pro-America offensive, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I don't think uh, Kevin McCarthy would have moved in this direction had it not been for what I call real Team 6 and the terrific 20 from the Freedom Caucus. 
as well as our backing, the Patriots backing to include you, Alex, to push to make sure that he was literally castrated as a Speaker of the House. And now the committee chairs and then a lot of the Freedom Caucus is driving the conversation, specifically Jim Jordan, specifically uh, Marjorie's also participating in getting all the stuff out on the Oversight Committee, on the Select Committee, on the uh, CCP-19 Committee, as I call it. And I think we're as we keep going into Congress now that it's open, we're able to communicate what the demand is for America. And then with, with uh, the Twitter files released, especially the one from this morning, uh, I think it, we're going to be in a different position in the next few days where I know you don't believe me, but based on my testimony last week in Arizona, that legislative body with the co co contextual information coming out from Congress as well as from Twitter, I think they're going to move to potentially, at least in the committee, decertify their electors from 2020. No, no, I know. I, I do believe frame. you. And, and you're, you're, you're advising Congress. You're in the middle of it. Before we go to break and come back with the big news here, but let's not just talk about our victories. How is the deep state going to strike back when their entire criminal operation is being decloaked and unveiled right now? Let's not be naive. I know you're not, Ivan. How is the deep state going to strike back? I think they're going to go with the second pandemic potentially and then uh, the Ukraine component. Uh, you need to have a cover-up after cover-up. And because the J6 cover-up was so massive, they have to escalate it further. And I think, unfortunately, the, the only thing that they have in their playbook at this point to cover things up is to go ahead and uh, essentially move towards a war in Ukraine and potentially move towards political assassination. And, and I hate to say that, but that's, I mean, they did that in the 60s. I feel like today we're in a confluence of the 1770s, 1860s, and the 1960s all into one with the digital ecosystem uh, that they can still kind of manipulate because even though Twitter's free, most of these other platforms are not. And so what you uh, said is one trillion percent that as much as possible. One trillion percent. It, it, it's it's seventeen seventy-six with the Civil War and then the nineteen sixties overlaid, and history's repeating. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. getting ready to run for president. He'll 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 be about to win the nomination, they'll assassinate him. It's literally all about to repeat again. I believe so. That's a good point. And hopefully uh he's gonna be able to stay in the race to really get things out as it applies to Fauci, as it applies to the gate. I mean, he's done the most research, the most yeoman's work early on, probably one of the first to get us uh, kind of to wake up out of that slumber of this. Oh, he's absolutely presidential bio. material, and his father would have been the president and was executed. All right, we'll be right back, folks. History is repeating, but it repeats to a certain point. We can change it this time. We'll be right back. This is Forever War. Ivan Raikland's our guest, and our very special guest, Mr. McBride, is straight ahead. Everybody needs to tune in now, now. All right. Ivan Raikland's been working very closely. He's a lawyer and analyst, been an analyst for the Defense Intelligence Agency and now an advisor to Congress and the Republican rebels. And he is very excited about M5Newsgate.com. Just the letter in the number five, M5Newsgate.com. Gary McBride, since January 2021, Gary McBride has watched well over 7,000 hours of J6 video and have helped many of the J6 prisoners their wives, families, law firms represent them with video evidence. He's been working and cobbling it together. Each one of the J6 prisoners needs your help. He would always explain to each of them that whatever he found, good or bad, he was going to turn it over to their attorney. They understood that and just wanted someone to help them. So he was given the power through the attorneys who could get pieces of the video. You notice Jacob Chonsley couldn't get the video of them letting him in and bringing him into the Senate. If he learned... If he leaned to one side and was unethical, leaving out important pieces of information or ever-changing timestamps of video, he would 
be just like MSM or the J6 committee and would have no credibility. He never did that. He just put out the truth. Forget the credibility. He wouldn't be able to sleep at night. They just wanted help from someone on the outside because they were not getting help from those that a lot of us can agree on are not helping them. And that's certainly the case, and they're the beta test for all the rest of us. So, Gary McBride, you're going to be back on tomorrow. We'll play a bunch of the clips then. And, and I knew you were out there. I knew who you were. I've seen you work with the lawyers. I didn't realize how much of the footage you were able to get from inside the Capitol through these defense teams. None of them ever got the whole thing, but you've gotten the largest piece out there outside from what Tucker Carlson was allowed to go review. So give us a gestalt or boil down of what you found and of the new revelations coming out and what you make of the current desperateness of the deep state to block this new footage coming out. Then we'll come back in the next few longer segments and drill into what you actually found. But I salute your dogged beaver-like work. We really appreciate you. Well, thank you, Alex. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, January 15th, 2021 is when I got started. Uh, and I watched one video that caught my attention. There's a couple things that caught my attention and I wanted the truth. And I have been digging for the truth since then. And I started with open source like everybody else. And I found the truth. And then when I had access to better footage, um, I instantly went into looking at that to back up everything that I've uncovered from Roseanne, Sicknick, Fanon, Dunn, um, Epps. So I used that footage to back up my theory, as the attorneys like to say it, um, which isn't a theory, it's the truth. Um, and the reason they're, they don't want anybody to see it is because it is the truth. And they talk about it being sensitive and highly sensitive. It's a security issue. And that's the truth. And you saw Raskin, how he acted. Um, they're crap in their pants, honestly. And they're scared because that's where the security issue comes in. They're afraid what's going to happen to them for what they've done. And, you know, it's what they've done to these J6ers, to the American people and to our country is disgusting. And it's time for the people to stand up right now. Attorneys really aren't doing much for them. You know, these, this mainstream media, they're not. People like you that stand out, talk about it, aren't afraid to stand up against it. That's what we need to do. We, the people, need to do it. And, and that's what uh, we're being the people and what we're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, it's you were talking about apps earlier. You know, I've got information on apps. I've got the footage that you're just showing right now. Um, a month and a half ago, I uncovered breach number two by Epps, where he's pointing at the fencing. But um, I'm working on what I just sent you right now, where he touches that banner and he's pointing which way it needs to go. But if you watch that banner being carried over, it's carried. Just listen to this. It's carried. It's not handed off. It's carried to a certain point. And you'll see it slow down. That's when it's handed off to protest. That's right. It wasn't a mob it. working yeah. randomly. It was all coordinated. Yeah, absolutely. All coordinated. This was, day six was planned and coordinated, and I'm going to prove it, 100%. It was planned and coordinated, and I'm going to go ahead and say this out loud. And I'm, gonna, I'm working on the footage now for Eugene Goodman, and that's where it started at. Now, that story lasted a month or two. It did its job, what it was supposed to do, and then it disappeared. I ask people all the time if they remember who that was, and a lot of them don't, you know, because it did its job, what it was supposed to do, and that was to uh, cover up the stolen election. Keep going. So this is huge. For those that don't know, Ramps wasn't just there the day before and that day saying attack. He's there helping ram the giant Trump sign over the police 
and get the breach going and, and, and beginning the breaking of the dam. Yeah, and you can see in that video, um, as it stops by that tower, that media tower, you'll see the banner kind of, it's kind of stops and it starts turning to the, to the right if you're facing the Capitol. And you know, there's footage that I put on what I said, y'all, towards the end or whatever, that shows Epps touching the banner, shows Epps pointing the direction it needs to go. When he does that, he backs off, just like he always does. He set him up to get going. There's, there's a good footage right there. Now, there's another footage that's going to show right behind him from open source. Uh, it shows him touching it. And they have always said he never touched it. Um, he, he's, it's a complete lie what they're saying about Why that. do you think under oath he told the J6 committee that, yes, he coordinated the attack? I guess he knows there's yeah, text it, messages, so he, he wasn't going to perjure himself. No, he said he left at 214. That's in the paper. He left at 244. And he didn't just leave by himself. He had four people in front of him and four people behind him, and they got him the hell out of there. As soon as the red smoke pops, you can find that video I put As soon as the red smoke pops, he gets out of there. Well, sure, I'm no military him. guy, but I did play football. But I know Ivan is a Green Beret. I've been watching all this. I'm not an expert like you, but as a layman, I can see it. How obviously coordinated is the guys on top saying, go in, go in, all the keys, uh, Pelosi's son out there, the daughter. I mean, it's all coordinated. No, my, my hypothesis on a lot of this stuff is that the inner coordination was done by the Paul, Paul Irving and the Terry McCullough, who happens to be the chief of staff for Nancy Pelosi, and Paul Irving's the, the, the uh, sergeant at arms on the inside, as well as her daughter, Alexandria, on the, and on the outside, you literally have other three others, which are the outer breach team leader, Ray Epps, the inner breach team leader, John Sullivan, and then you also have in that milieu, the, uh, probably the cutout to communicate between those two with the inside, which would have been Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law, uh, Michael Voss. As it applies to uh, smoke and things like that, I've seen, I've seen footage, was it last year, I bumped into somebody at TPAC Dallas, and they showed me on their phone, there was a guy on that scaffolding that literally had a, uh, uh, a flare gun that shot up. And I haven't seen anybody other than this person. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the person's name. I'm going to try to follow up. But there was literally at least two instances where there was a signal made to the crowd or Ray Epps or whoever. By the way, I don't know who was doing uh, it, the police or who, but when I got there, right in the middle of it, I saw flares going up. From, from the scaffolding. When we first you, arrived... You were primarily on the east side. Oh, you were on the west side. Okay. Well, when I first showed up, you know, where, this, where, the, where, the, where the presidential stage was being set up for the inauguration, and I thought, wow, that's weird tear gas. It's shooting straight up. This was also tear gas wafting. I got hit in the face with it from like 200 yards away. But I did see a red flare, and my, the guys I was with said, no, that's a police flare. We'll, we'll come right back. Stay with us. All right, both these gentlemen will be back with me for a full hour, probably longer tomorrow, to play a bunch of the clips from the seven plus thousand hours uh, that our guests, much of it through lawyers that comes from inside the Capitol that Gary McBride has put together from m5newsgate.com and Ivan Raikland. But we'll get back into what happened on January 6th, but let's pull back big picture. I've been, and then I want to ask Gary this. I cannot quantify in my 20, almost 29 years on air, be 29 years, a couple months, how big this is. You have the head of the CDC coming out and saying they lied, they knew it was gain of function, total fraud, it's criminal in front of Congress, you have it all coming out that the deep state took over the media and coordinated total surveillance and censorship, including members of Congress. This makes Richard Nixon look like Jesus compared to these people. We have that going on. We have uh, all the January 6th coming out and them trying to stop it 
You got polls where 90 plus percent of Americans was 80 a week ago want to see all the footage. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be over optimistic. I'm a non I'm a realist. But right now, the new world order is decloaked, having the living snot beat out of it. I mean, th th this is ridiculous. Now, maybe they're so delusional they don't know, but they've lost the narrative. And I use this as a public figure. Ten years ago, I'd walk down the street and walk by 100 people. Two people would shake my hand. We're listeners. And then, or, you know, eight years ago, it was like 20 people were listeners. And then tr Trump runs and, and, you know, I walk down the street and I shake 30 hands. And one person says, I'm going to kill you. You're a Russian agent. I go all over the country now. I get nothing but love everywhere. No more attacks. People apologizing everywhere. And that's just a gauge of the awakening, Ivan. What do you make of this moment we're in right now? I don't think the public realizes how bad the globalists are doing right now, in my view. Are you optimistic? Because I respect your view as a lawyer and Green Beret and Defense Intelligence Agency analyst. How would you describe the, the, the war front or the warscape right now? No, I mean, I'd equate it to this. We, we've not only ripped off the Band-Aid, we've ripped off literally the entire skin for the entire operation. And it all goes back to 20, I'd say it goes back to 2014 and well, 2016, when the Uniparty go, went ahead and foisted Mike Pence onto Donald Trump so that they had uh, at least some semblance of a handler for President Trump's first term. And then since then, they've been trying to cover up that operation, meaning the spying on Trump, with escalatory attempts of a coup or at least to box him in. And then I, I, I'd say, you know, the, the, the Mueller investigation, the Ukraine call, the so on and so forth. And then it essentially continued on with the Wuhan Institute of Virology lab incident, as they call it. And we're going to get to the bottom of it that it was probably intentional. And then it goes into essentially the elections are changed and the manner in which they're conducted. And then the election is stolen. And then it goes into the election is certified illegally. By the way, Alex, I don't know if I told you this, but on January 6th, when they were doing that joint session, the 12th Amendment requires that there be a quorum meaning two-thirds of the states represented in the House, 34 of the states need to be represented in that joint session in the House side. And on the Senate side, you need two-thirds of the senators. So 34 and 67 members at a minimum. What happened? Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence only allowed, and this is, by the way, in coordination with the fellow seditious conspirators, as I call them, Mitch McConnell, uh, what's his name? Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer on the Senate side, and then on the House side, what's his name? Kevin McCarthy. They agreed to only have 11 of their caucus members participating. Yeah, so let's be clear. So let's be clear. 11. The coup wasn't our coup on January 6th. It was their coup. It was their coup fully, full stop. It seems like I'm the only guy putting it together. And luckily, we're starting to get the message out. And then Gary McBride's got the, the video tactical footage to support everything I'm talking about. Well, by the about. way, you told me, you told me, you told me six months ago you were embedding yourself in Congress educating them and i've talked to members of congress they've told me you're in there giving them files it's not just it's not just you but you get a lot of credit it's a lot of people it seems like congress has suddenly jumped in their understanding have had a quantum leap in understanding that's a great term quantum leap and the reason being is that gary mcbride he's been in there in these committees with me he's been there with mickey Whithoff, ashley babbitt's mom with nicole Rethit with uh, Tommy Tatum, who was there that witnessed Roseanne Boylan being murdered right beside him. Those four individuals have moved the needle in the whole J6 narrative way more than anybody else on the planet. So I got to give all credit to them. I just happen to know the workings of the House 
And I'm just essentially saying, hey, that person is this congressman on this committee, on this subcommittee. You need to go talk to them and introduce yourself. And so I help facilitate that conversation. And they are now obligated to get to the truth. Well, that's, that's the thing about fighting for liberty. If you just do it, it's easy. It just takes lots of work, but it's fun. Let's go back to Gary McBride. Gary, I got a thousand questions, but I'm going to try to give you the floor here on points you like to make. Give us a prelude into what we're going to be covering tomorrow and more clips we're going to have. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I mean, what's your overall view of this? <laughs> My overall view is um, Ivan's right. You know, Mickey, um, Nicole, David Valentine, Tommy Tatum, you know, they're – and I went with them as well, you know, in the Rayburn building, um, Longworth building. And we're more they are. I go when I can. They're getting in front of everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean anybody that's one of our elected officials. Mickey Whithoff is stopping them in the halls and they're getting meetings with them. And, and plain and simple, we're taking over this town. And I didn't want to come here because... It was so evil in my mind, and I, because of what I had and a target on my back, I didn't want to come here. But I realized the reason when I got here, when I went to the Proboy trial and, and what happened when they showed manipulated footage, and I recognized it. I leaned over to Kara Castronova, and I told her that footage prosecutors just showed they doctored it 100%. And she wanted to know how I knew that, and said, because I have the same footage that's not doctored up. And so th there's so much, Alex, that I have, um, you know, it's... Um, being able to talk about, well, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But I you mean, just I said the key here. We're not occupying the Capitol and crapping on Pelosi's desk. We're peacefully yep. occupying with the truth and information. Yes, sir. We're going in there. We're giving them the information, what we have, and it's putting them on notice. They know what we have. They know what we know. And we, we've talked to a few of them. I've asked a couple if they know who Fanoni is, Officer Fanon. They didn't know who he was. These are Republicans, mind you. I asked Ray Epps. Oh, I think I've heard of Ray Epps. And I told him, you know, you've had a job to do since January 7th of 2021, not when you take over the House and then you want to do a job while all these guys are sitting in jail right now, waiting for something to be done for them, waiting for something to, to show the reason why they did what they did. And I'm glad that they were there that day. I wasn't there. My journey started January 15th, 2021. And so these J6ers, these guys that are being accused, what's happening here, and we'll get into that in a later show if you want, but I'm going to make a comment. I'm going to quote this, and it, it was uh, from a university who um, I feel is helping coordinate with the Department of Homeland Security that says that we need to have an event big enough to convince the American people that we need to pass domestic terrorism law. And that big event was J6. 100%. And what university is that? Because I know Georgetown has been quarterbacking the attacks against me, uh, with, where I'm told over 70 GWU, million. GWU, George Washington University, mm -hmm. with Seamus Hughes and his project on extremism, which started in 2015. When, right, when Ivan and I got together, we had a whiteboard. This is no joke. It was probably like 10 foot tall and I bet 20 foot wide. By the end of our conversation and him, vetting me, making sure I knew what I was talking about, that whole wall was covered with information. And what was cool about it is Ivan took what he knew and brought it up to where I come in at. But what was cool is the things that he were talk he was talking about, it it gave me, you know, more knowledge as to 
what's taking place on the office. Well, that's how human intelligence works, is we overlay with each other, and it just, it'll defeat any AI, anything, as long as we use it, Ivan. Yeah. Yeah, so just if I can step in real quick, Gary, um, I spent, I think, four hours essentially articulating. It's probably the most deep dive I've ever done. I have it reported, and I put it up on my locals. Four hours of essentially explaining the context of what we're living in going back. And this is the whole judicial ecosystem. I did a link analysis of all these players in government going back 48, 50 years, back to 73, essentially. Hold on. Our, I want to see this video. Stay there, Ivan. We got one more segment with you guys, and then, and then Paul Watson takes over. But you're going to be back tomorrow, 1 p.m. Central. Don't leave. We'll be right back. Well, I hope everybody will take the live feed of this show from MadMaxWorld.tv. That's the link they're not censoring right now. MadMaxWorld.tv, band.video, Infowars.com, and share it. And I hope tomorrow when our guests join us at 1 p.m., we're going to play a bunch of clips, get deep into January 6th. And outside Tucker Carlson, our guest, Gary McBride, has gotten more of the footage from the lawyers released by the government, but not compiled in one place, and a lot of other outside uh, footage picked up by the public. So they'll be on with us at 1 p.m. Central tomorrow. Everybody should tweet it, Facebook it, rumble it, gab it, however you get it out that they're on tomorrow at 1 p.m. That's essential to win this fight. Guys, let me raise this. I spent about 30 minutes of the show today on this. I spent most of the time on Redfield spilling his guts that it was gain of function and they lied about it and lied to Congress. I mean, this brings down the whole deep state right here. On the fact that I got calls yesterday that they got documents two days ago. This is from inside the Proud Boys defense. And it's since been put out in a federal filing in the court that the FBI accidentally sent over a bunch of files they thought they deleted, they didn't delete attached to evidence they were about to bring out in court with them being ordered to destroy evidence of informants and 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 the fact that the Proud Boys weren't planning violence. Uh, I mean, we're talking CIA operatives, sex operatives, because not just what's in the federal filing. I, I've talked to the lawyers that have read it. I've had them read it to me, and they think they're in the Pelican brief, uh, Ivan uh, and uh, Gary. They're, they're completely freaked out. Thousands of pages of of criminal activity by the FBI. And I'm not attacking the Proud Boy organization started by Gavin McGinnis, great group. But by the but but, but by 2020, it half the leadership's feds. Uh, and uh, that's how you destroy movements as you lead them, uh, as we know. How big is that, Ivan? I know you've been busy, nose to the grindstone, but are you aware of this big news breaking? Yeah, I, mean, I got to make two comments on that, Alex. So number one, with that CDC director, the former one, I was actually sitting in the, in that hearing when uh, Jim Jordan was li literally laying waste to the whole narrative of, of the origins of COVID. I've been saying this, literally, the, the unclassified report by the DNI as the, applies to the origins of COVID, it was released and updated in September or October of 2021. Problem with that is, is that, you know, the second hypothesis was that it was a lab incident, but the entity that said that it was a lab incident in their assessment was the FBI, but we didn't know that that was the case until later on, literally the last couple of weeks. And when you talked about that online, it was the same FBI director, Chris Ray, that contacted the San Francisco field office agent, Joe Pientka, uh, who probably directed Elvis Chan, to then contact big tech companies to tell us what we can listen to, what we can see. Let's say that again. The FBI did its job three years ago and said it's man-made from a lab, but the director then lies to the world and says it isn't, and then, and then the Justice Department censors people telling the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one common denominator from the from President Trump's first term to the CCP captured White House currently 
second, the senior most executive branch person is Chris Ray, uh, as far as I can understand. And it's that same FBI director, Chris Ray. At the end of the day, Alex, who allowed Elvis Chan on behalf of the FBI to tell big tech what to censor and what not to censor? I argue that it goes to Chris Ray, and then it goes. Well, of course, that. it does. Probably the Cheney, Pence, and uh, well, of course, it does. Ball. They don't. They don't have just an FBI agent in charge of all the censorship. He he's being told what to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and and then the second point that you made, uh, as it applies to, uh, um, if you can remind me real quick, I, I got on a tangent with this Chris Ray piece. If you well, no, no, just just the the, the 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 thousands of documents they just like in the Whitmer case. Oh, with the Proud Boys trial. Yes, I wanted to make a point there. So, uh, all they're trying to do with the Proud Boys seditious conspiracy charge, as well as the Oath Keepers. They're trying to divert America's attention from this, the real seditious conspiracy, which I mentioned. It was McCarthy, Pence, uh, McConnell, Pelosi, as well as Schumer that literally illegally certified the election on January 6th. And it was probably, I would say, based on what's going on with Mitch McConnell the day after these releases by Tucker, it's almost as though they're trying to mute him or delete him. Because he may actually expose, along with Nancy Pelosi, that he, that he, being Mitch McConnell, was in on the coup of January 6th, along with his sergeant-at-arms. And that's why Sanders, they're so desperate. That's why the Republicans are just as desperate as the Democrats, the leadership, to block the footage. Yeah, I, I agree. Gary, what's your take? You'll be back. Hell, who, who do I got doing the fourth hour tomorrow? They're all great guest hosts, but let's just bump them. Uh, and send us a bunch of the clips we know you've got, Gary. And we'll do two hours tomorrow on this if you guys can do it. Uh, you, we, you guys are already in for one o'clock. You guys want to do two hours tomorrow? I'm good. All right. InfoWars to release the January 6th tapes uh, tomorrow, basically. Uh, uh, other points you'd like to add here while you're patiently waiting, Gary? No, I would. There's, um, you know, what's happening today with thousands of people happened back in 2009. If you Google T Senator Ted Stevens, who was the longest running senator at the time, the DOJ and the FBI made up a story about him um, with some money that he spent. I guess it was like they said he spent on his home or whatever, but they made up the story. And they uh, prosecuted him two months before the election. And he was the longest running senator at the time. So Judge Sullivan allowed media there. And it was plastered all over TV. He lost the election, lost his seat, and that shifted the power in government. Two years after that, after the investigation was done, it showed that Senator Ted Stephen was telling the truth. So he was not guilty. He never got to hear that because he died in a small plane crash in Alaska. Now, the six prosecutors that were charged with this, four of, their char four of the prosecutors, their charges were dropped. There was two left. One of them, his charges were dropped. The last one was found hung with his wrist slit. And here's what I say. What happened to one man back in 2009 has happened to thousands of people right now. An election was stolen. The DOJ, the FBI made up a story. Prosecutors ran with it. And he was found innocent. I mean, he was found guilty until he was found innocent two years later. That is exactly what's happening. If, they, if people don't believe our government is doing this to us, Go look it up, and you'll see they've already done it to one man, and, and no telling how many other people. 
And that's what's happening right now. And they don't care what they're doing because they. Oh, you don't have to tell me about so rigged court cases. I had judges find me guilty and tell juries to give the millions of dollars I don't have. Well, I, I, you know, and Alex, this is one of the reasons I wanted to to come on this show is because what do they do to you? It's always a you're a conspiracy theorist. But whatever hap what happens, it always comes out you're telling the truth, and that's exactly that's all they use. And people hear that and they think that we're lying. So we have to work harder to, to back up our claims or show more, you know, the truth. All they do now is put up a headline, and that's all people read. They're too lazy to read or investigate or, or look into it themselves. Well, they're definitely desperate because I've seen the lies that I know are lies against me go from like 90% yeah. lie to 100 Usually there was some truth to it. Now they just create whole cloth made up stuff, Ivan. What is that? I think that signifies weakness, not strength. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they—you've been right way before I even thought you even existed. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say. They—they they have to, like I said before, they have to continue to escalate the cover-ups uh, in such a outlandish manner. So, like I said before, the next one's going to be so much bigger unless we stop it. And I think with this new house, even though they didn't want to, with this new quasi-speaker—I call him temporary speaker of the house—he's being forced into getting the truth out, and hopefully, we're going to be able to stop all this nonsense from continuing all right i called it you know at this point the fbi and the dhs are domestic terrorists and we need to treat them as such and so does the house well you just saw anti for the splc attack the police department in atlanta so tomorrow you're going to send us we got more clips we're going to play the clips tomorrow we're going to walk through this we're going to discuss and war game it all uh closing comments gary mcbride from n5 newsgate no it's uh you know we're coming out with some stuff ourselves nicole ref and i are, are joining forces together to put out some stuff because She's a subject matter expert because she's in the courtrooms every day and her and I joining together with me bringing the footage, what she's seeing in the courtroom and her knowledge in the courtroom. Um, we're joining forces and we're going to get the information out there as best as we can. And with well, your help, we're, we're going to do it. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'm going to do five more minutes before Paul takes over and hit some final news here. But just finishing up with this, just this Proud Boy trial with the feds giving them all these files they thought they deleted, but they just restored them. They saw the files were there. They did a meta scan. Just shows how easy it is to beat them if we just stand up. I mean, this is a huge story in and of itself, Ivan. If you think that they're just going to stop with killing a million people with the Wuhan stuff, if you think they're just going to stop with the doctoring evidence, I mean, people need to start thinking to themselves, especially the lemmings in the country. If you think that if this is bad, what makes you think they're not going to uh, rig an election. So, I mean, this hopefully opens up people's minds across the board. And thanks, Elon Musk, for getting things out there. And Elon Musk, you need to reinstate Alex Jones. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right, Ivan, Gary, thank you. We'll talk to you guys at 1 p.m. Central. I'm going to come back and introduce Paul Joseph Watson from the United Kingdom. Stay with us. All right, Paul Joseph Watson is set to take over. On just today's show, we have the former head of the CDC saying they covered up gain of function, that the government created it, the Defense Department ran it, and that Fauci and Bill Gates lied to Congress about it. We have the January 6th information coming out. The federal provocateurs ran the attack. We have it coming out in the Proud Boys trial with the FBI accidentally sending files to the defense that they destroyed hundreds of pieces of evidence and the fact that the Proud Boys were innocent. We have Matt Taibbi testifying in Congress about total illegal surveillance and then censorship 
with dozens of private corporate groups and think tanks and the Southern Poverty Law Center and ADL with legacy dinosaur media and the government against surveilling and censoring people on hundreds of issues. They're now censoring online January 6th information, even clips from Congress are being blocked and controlled on Twitter and uh, YouTube and places. It is just insane. And yes, even though Musk is in control, has done a better job, there's still people in there censoring at Twitter. And, and people focus on Twitter. That's the one agency, the one group, and is an agency of the government, that is actually getting somewhat freer. Everything you see at Twitter is much worse at Facebook and its subsidiaries and Google and its subsidiaries and Apple and all the other tech companies after it follow it. So you've seen on this show just today, bombshell after bombshell after bombshell that will affect the world for the better and that's put the tyrants on their heels. But we can't do it without your support. I just did two hours. I did plug in the first hour. I just did two hours and did not do one plug. You tune into all the rest of the talk radio because I get it. Nobody listens to the ads. They're plugging in the segment, out of the segment. The start of the segment, out of the segment. I can't do that. Our money problems would be over if I just did that. We have sponsors lined up out the ass, but I cannot stand to do it. I just want to sell supplements and books and films at InfoWarsTore.com that empower you, that enrich your mind, that inform you, and that keep us on air. So less than 1% of listeners actually buy products. Most listeners do share the articles and videos. That's why we're so successful. You're the reason we're successful. Not just the great guests, not just the great analysis, but I can't do it without you. So I need those that have been on the fence for whatever reason to go get the best CBD oil you're going to find out there for the price. It's the highest grade at less than 50% off what anybody else sells it for. To go get our nitric boost. It's so good for your heart and your blood and your whole cardiovascular system. To get our great prebiotic sold out for over a year, finally back in stock 40% off. Or the ultimate bone broth sold out for over two years with supply chain breakdowns. Now, finally back in stock. And the vitamin D3 gummies and... Uh, the sleep aid uh, knockout and so many other great products like down and out and the new turmeric toothpaste that is full of vitamins and minerals and tea tree oil and, and highest quality iodine, not just the turmeric. So good for your gums. So good for your cells. So good to rejuvenate your body. Infowarsstore.com is the coordinates to get great products. And know at this critical time, you are fighting against the tyrants. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. We are barely in the black. I humbly appreciate your support. And I'm asking those of you that have supported to support again, get great products at the same time. And I'm asking those of you on the fence to take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a win-win situation. Only way you lose is not taking action. You can make a straight donation as well on the site, InfoWarsStore.com. All right. Paul Watson's going to take over. And Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. right after Harrison Smith, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Does a fabulous job. He's always done a great show, but it's getting really successful now, blowing up. So is Owen's uh, War Room doing a fabulous job as well. 3 p.m. Central. Paul Joseph Watson is about to take over. Uh, all I can say is this is one of the most important shows we've ever done. The full thing will be archived at band.video in the next few hours. Cut it up, share it, slice it, dice it. It's all trademark, copyright free. Just get it out. We are free to air. And the only power we have is God working through you to spread the word. Great job to the crew. Paul Joseph Watson from Summit.News takes over now.
You need to get coordinated with not only your food, but also your health supplements, because it's going to be a matter of life and death. So support InfoWars Store. Listen, you need to put it as a priority because you don't know. I don't know. Alex and I are telling you how late it is before midnight strikes. And again, magnesium is critical for your muscles and, and everything. Krill oil. What I'm watching right before my eyes is a composite overview of nutritional supplements that will keep Keep you alive. And I would urge everyone, maybe you don't take vitamins, maybe you don't take nutritional supplements, but the day will come. Vitamin C and zinc, absolutely imperative for the cold. DNA force, absolutely imperative. Mineral fusion, absolutely. As you're drinking filtered water, a lot of it will become demineralized. You have to have these products. It is the Summit News Hour on this 9th of March, 2023. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about this incredible poll. They actually did a survey of people in Britain and asked them who was most vehement, most enthusiastic in terms of thinking that the government wasn't draconian enough. The government didn't lock us down hard enough. And you'll be surprised as to the answer, as to the demographic group that was basically the most enthusiastic about being bootlickers and what that says about the current generation. First, though, in the United Kingdom, a big controversy right now, whether it deserves to be is uh, another question, is the television presenter Gary Lineker, who basically is a sports presenter but never shuts up about woke political issues on Twitter. He, of course, chooses to live in the least diverse, the least multicultural areas of Great Britain, but then constantly lectures the rest of the country about how they're racist for being critical of mass migration. And the reason why people are critical of mass migration, we have another slew of stories to that effect, including this one. Channel migrant stabbed student because he wanted to be deported from Britain. This is out of the Telegraph. Yet another example of a violent knife attack, which have risen exponentially over the past five years, by the way, record high crime in England and Wales now. A violent knife attack by a boat migrant, a quote, refugee. Of course, we know none of them are, virtually none of them are legitimate refugees. They get here on boats from France, a country not at war. Four out of 10 of them are from Albania, a country not at war. Many of those Albanians go on to become drug dealers and career criminals. They're not refugees. They're not legitimate asylum seekers, yet they're constantly treated that way by the media. We have yet another example of a violent attack. This is Iraqi Rabaz Mohammed, who attacked teenager Ellis Wheeler in a leafy park in Southampton, southern England, leaving him fighting for his life. And they've actually got a video of this attack. At the top of this Telegraph article, Iraqi immigrant stab student in Southampton is the uh, YouTube title of the video. Broad daylight, middle of a park. This student is just talking to this guy 
Obviously, he's getting harassed to some extent. He tries to walk away. He moves a bit quicker, starts trying to run away. And this migrant, who again had a record, it turns out, of uh, criminal violence, surprise, surprise, stabs him in the back, punctures his lung, leaves him fighting for his life. In many other circumstances, this victim would have been dead. So this is the moment an Iraqi immigrant stabbed a university student because he wanted to be deported from Britain. This happens all the time now in virtually every European country. Last year, we had a massive stabbing attack in one of these hotels in Glasgow, where they're putting up all these boat migrants who just rock up on the southern shores of England. Four-star hotels in many cases, prime tourist locations, taxpayers footing the bill, seven million pounds a day. The government hands them free debit cards, prepaid, free health care. Remember, this is at a time when the NHS because of lockdown, basically, where they kicked everyone out of the hospitals and told you not to go to hospital while claiming the hospitals were overflowing, they're actually empty, people were denied serious medical care. NHS waiting lists as long as basically from here to the moon. People can't get adequate health care in the UK. If you're an illegal immigrant who gets on a boat from France and you just show up here, you're designated a doctor, you get free immediate health care, no charge, on site. Free prepaid debit card, free cash, free four-star four hotel accommodation. And again, we wonder why they keep coming. It's an absolute joyride. And this is the consequence. Ellis Wheeler, a teenager, was left fighting for his life after Rabaz Mohammed attacked him as he walked through a leafy park on his way back from the gym. Footage shows Mohammed pulling out a kitchen knife from his coat before lunging at the 18-year-old's back, puncturing his lung in broad daylight. And again, there are eyewitnesses, there are onlookers, they do nothing. I mean, you probably can't blame them given this guy's wielding a massive knife. The Iraqi can be seen approaching the student before the attack, speaking to him briefly and asking if he knew kickboxing before swinging at him. He's basically trying to figure out if the guy's going to defend himself. He doesn't. And he almost dies. Mohammed came to the UK illegally on a small boat, was arrested at the scene and told police he'd attacked his victim so he could be sent home to Iraq. He probably won't even be sent home to Iraq, at least not for two or three years. Even when they're literally violently attacking people in broad daylight with 12-inch blades in the park, wanting to be deported, Presumably, he's not happy with his free Wi-Fi. Maybe he dislikes the breakfasts that are being served up for free at these hotels. Maybe he's not happy about there being enough credit on his prepaid card being given to him. And in fact, that's exactly the reason. He basically says he's not being given enough money. He's not being allowed to get a job by the government. So he just walked into a park and decided to stab a 28-year-old or a student, even younger, 18-year-old, nearly killing him. So as a 28-year-old migrant who's previously served a prison term, we're not importing the best, are we, appeared at Southampton Crown Court after pleading guilty to grievous bodily harm with intent and possessing a knife blade. Again, history of violent attacks, being in prison before, they just let him into the country, and this is what happens. Meanwhile, in France, Afghan migrant who sexually assaulted three teen girls in four days says he arrived in France for a better life. 
This is a 44-year-old Afghan migrant who sexually assaulted three young French women in four days in the city of Douai. He's been sentenced to prison. The real threat, apparently, though, in France is people who criticize mass migration. Zero Hedge reports French politician faces criminal trial for immigration criticism. This is French Senator Stéphane Ravier, who stated that, quote, immigration kills the youth of France after, in a somewhat similar situation to the one I just talked about, a Senegalese migrant, presumably another boat migrant, killed a 18-year-old in Marseille. Again, 62-year-old man from Senegal killed a man in Marseille, 18 years old. The senator came out and was critical of it. Now he's being brought up on what are basically the equivalent of hate crimes charges. In Germany, we have space, but not for Germans. Protests against elderly residents being evicted to accommodate migrants labeled far right. Bunch of elderly residents in a care home in Germany, and this is happening across the country, in this case, it's the city of Larache. Had been there for years. Again, these are vulnerable elderly people. They need to have a familiar, safe environment. The local Christian charity found that it was more profitable to get paid by the government to house migrants in this care home than elderly German residents. So they were all kicked out. There was a protest against it. And now those people protesting against it, well, they're right. They're extremists. In Sweden, multicultural Malmo cars and building damaged in latest Sweden bombing. Grenade attacks, the police being attacked, routine riots. This is the result of cultural enrichment in Sweden. Remember, Trump was laughed at, criticized for even drawing attention to this back in 2017. Now it's a daily fact of life in diverse Sweden. In Italy, illegal migrant arrested after stabbing and robbery rampage. This is a North African migrant who was arrested by Milan Central Railway Station after committing five robberies and stabbing six people, seriously injuring two of them. Again, North African illegal immigrant from Morocco. Same old story again and again in France, in Sweden, in Germany, in the United Kingdom. This is why the majority of the British public want these boats stopped. It's not a far right thing. It's a common sense thing. It's basic safety of the individual. We'll be back. Summit.news. Don't go away. So we have all these massive problems with mass migration across Europe, and especially now with this latest tragedy, this stabbing of this 18-year-old in the UK. Again, continuing to prove disastrous. The boats keep coming in. A thousand a day on some days when it's good weather coming across the channel. It's never ending. The British government, the Tory government, having been completely weak and limp-wristed in dealing with this for the entirety of the crisis itself, finally comes out and says, we're not going to give amnesty to any of these illegal boat migrants. We're going to deport them. And then the British public has to get lectured by some multi-millionaire lovey who literally chooses to live in the whitest, least diverse pockets of suburban luxury in the United Kingdom, lecturing everybody else about how they're racist bigots. And he's been doing it for the best part of the last decade. His name is Gary Lineker. I'm going to come back and tell you the latest on this, but let's go to the video first. This is called The Biggest Idiot. Let's roll it. Gary Lineker. 
Loves diversity. Britain wouldn't be Britain without uh-uh. refugees. No- just not in his own backyard. The insufferably woke TV presenter has been demanding open borders for a decade while living in some of the least diverse areas of the UK possible. First buying a mansion in Esher, Surrey, which has a white population comfortably higher than the national average. But to be fair, he did then move to ethnically diverse London. Oh wait, no, my bad. He moved to Barnes, which is one of the very least ethnically diverse areas of London. For Gary, it's very much a case of do as I say, not as I do. Now the multi-millionaire metropolitan elitist is inflicting his opinions about mass immigration on the British public yet again, with the pathetically weak Tory government finally suggesting it might do something to stop the deluge of boat migrants entering the country by passing a law that would bar them from claiming asylum in the UK, then deporting them. But Gary isn't best pleased. Our asylum system has been overwhelmed. But if you come here illegally, you will not be able to stay. Good heavens, this is beyond awful! Good heavens, you don't want random fighting age men from North Africa and the Middle East just rocking up on boats and then running off into the nearest town. How awful! Or better yet, being given a free taxi service, free four-star hotel room, free cash, free healthcare, no questions asked. That's beyond awful! There is no huge influx. Yeah. We just took in 1.1 million migrants in a single year. An increase of 435,000 on the previous year. Part of a multi-decade soaring trend. 16.8% of the population of England and Wales is now foreign-born. Major cities like Manchester, Birmingham and London are now minority white British. On some days, a thousand or more boat migrants cross the channel. Hotels so chronically overflowing with them, the government is having to put them in disused military bases. But according to Gary... That's not a huge influx. We need more, just not anywhere near where he lives. This is an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used by Germany in the 1930s. The most vulnerable people. They're getting on boats in France. The vast majority are young men, economic migrants, not refugees. Pointing out that basic fact doesn't make someone a Nazi, Gary. Lineker got some backlash, then immediately started whining about it. Great to see the freedom of speech champions out in force this morning demanding silence from the with whom they disagree. Calling out your brain-dead babble isn't silencing you, Gary. Who's silencing you? You've been on your soapbox spouting the same drivel since 2015. I have never known such love and support in my life than I'm getting this morning. I want to thank each and every one of you. It means a lot. Oh, piss off. Stop pretending your demented opinion represents the consensus view of the reasonable majority. It doesn't. We just had a poll last month where a plurality of supporters of left-wing parties think immigration to the UK is too high. A new poll this week shows 50% of the public support banning boat migrants from being able to claim asylum compared to 36% who oppose. So no, Gary, your dumb, reductive, glib hot take on mass migration isn't some kind of populist clarion call. It's a vacuous echo chamber talking point of the moneyed elite, the nowhere people. The only segment of society that benefits from mass migration. I'll continue to try and speak up for those poor souls that have no voice. Cheers all. Poor souls? You mean the four out of ten boat migrants coming from Albania, a country not even at war, a significant chunk of whom get here, then go on to become career criminals and drug dealers? Poor souls! Yeah, they really look poor and downtrodden while filming their fancy free four-star hotel rooms on their brand new iPhones, don't they? Poor souls! Poor souls like Salman Abadi rescued 
as a refugee from Libya before going on to blow himself and a bunch of kids up at the Manchester Arena. Oh, poor soul. The endless cases of teenage girls being sexually harassed outside schools by these poor souls. Don't forget, this is the same guy who fronted NGO mass migration propaganda, saying Britain should fling its borders open even wider because fish and chips exist. Britain wouldn't be Britain without fish and chips, a national institution of culinary delight. Oi, Gary, have you ever thought about where I actually come from? Well, I suppose not. You've got refugees to thank for me. Yeah, some French dude decided to put battered fish together with chips 200 years ago. So I guess we just have to lay out the red carpet for Abdul and all his mates from Afghanistan. Funnily enough, it was another refugee who decided to bring me and Fish Face together back in the 1860s. It's true. A guy called Joseph Malin opened the nation's first ever fish and chip shop. Aside from the small problem that this is factually incorrect, it was almost certainly Lancashire's John Lees who opened the first fish and chip shop in Britain. But anyway, Joseph Malin was a legal immigrant. He didn't just jump on a boat paid for by criminal people smugglers and illegally enter the country, did he? Hello. You're right. But what do facts matter to Gary? This is the same guy who claimed these 40-year-old men were child refugees and anyone who claimed otherwise was just a racist bigot. Lineker gets paid £1.35 million a year by the BBC. Much of it funded by the onerous BBC licence fee, which is bullied out of the taxpayer. Under the BBC's own guidelines, their employees aren't allowed to express overtly political statements, which Gary does a lot. Like, a hell of a lot. But if you're waiting for him to be disciplined or fired, don't hold your breath. Because the BBC only disciplines or fires people who express political views that counter leftist narratives. Like David Bellamy, who they unceremoniously dumped because he was critical of climate change dogma. The BBC won't sack Gary Lineker because the elites agree with him. Gary will continue to lecture the British people about how racist they are for wanting sane border controls to maintain the identity of their country. While he lives in the whitest pocket of multi-millionaire suburban luxury and privilege that money can buy. Safely shielded from the impact of the policies he demands be inflicted on everyone else. Britain wouldn't be Britain uh -uh. without refugees. No. So again, I made that video last night predicting that the BBC, which again, it exists under this impartiality rule where its own employees, even freelance contractors, aren't allowed to make political statements these rules don't apply to Gary Lineker, of course, because exactly as I predicted in that video, they've done nothing whatsoever. The Sun reports Gary Lineker will not face any disciplinary action. BBC source said, we have spoken to Gary and he won't face any disciplinary action. So again, that's not even the major issue. The major issue is he gets up on this soapbox and spouts this drivel for the best part of 10 years. He's completely protected as a member of the multimillionaire metropolitan elite from all the negative impacts of mass migration while demanding everyone else who is impacted by it, just embrace it without question. We'll be back. violent criminals and potentially jihadists run around the UK after having arrived illegally on boats, stabbing people in broad daylight, our government seems to be more concerned about the extremist threat 
posed by people like this individual, a Christian preacher. Breitbart reports Christian preacher reported to UK terror police after calling trans woman a man in woman's clothing after stating a biological fact. Christian street preacher was reportedly referred to the UK's counterterrorism police after saying that a so-called trans woman was really a man in woman's clothing. David McConnell had already been convicted of harassment in a British court of law over the incident last year, with the preacher being sentenced to a 12-month community order. He said an individual, transgender, was really a gentleman and a man in woman's clothing. They reported him to the anti-terror police. While we have actual jihadists and violent criminals, nobody knows who they are, running around stabbing people in broad daylight. But the Christian preacher who calls a biological male a man in woman's clothing, he's the extremist threat. He's the one we need to keep an eye on. And this, of course, arose, as I talked about last week, out of this anti-terror program, which is completely run by far-left outfits like Hope Not Hate and others, basically the British equivalent of the SPLC. They listed George Orwell's 1984 as a potential form of radicalization if people read it. They listed the complete works of Shakespeare as a potential vector for radicalization. And they even listed Michael Caine's 1964 film, Zulu. Breitbart, again, Michael Caine mocks government attempt to label 1964 Zulu film extremist. The Oscar-winning actor has panned an effort by a UK government program to label 1964 film Zulu as extremist because it shows the victory of British soldiers against the African army in South Africa. Yeah. You can't portray a historical battle which shows white British people winning a battle against dark-skinned Africans because that could radicalize people to become right-wing. It's a historical fact. The Battle of Rourke's Drift, 1879. You can't even talk about British history now. They label it a vector, a facilitator for extremism, for radicalization. Well, Michael Caine has come out and called this is the biggest load of BS I have ever heard. That's what he told the UK Spectator, pretty much nail on the head. Let's shift gears now, though, because there's more coming out about the Wuhan lab leak, and there's more coming out about the lockdown files, which, of course, we've been talking about on this show for the best part of a week now. I appeared here on Monday with Alex to talk about it. Let's summarize exactly what the lockdown files are and what they reveal in terms of the decision-making process behind that order to lock the United Kingdom down back in March 2020, and then we'll get into some of the fallout. This is called the lockdown files. Let's roll it. More than 100,000 WhatsApp messages sent between UK ministers, officials, and others have lifted the lid on how they came to impose lockdown on the population and the decision-making process behind it. And credit to The Telegraph, which is the only media outlet in the UK giving this the attention it deserves. Let's get straight to the point. While some of this is a limited hangout, some key revelations, or rather confirmations of what we already suspected, have emerged. By far the biggest. Matt Hancock wanted to, quote, 
deploy a new COVID variant to, quote, frighten the pants off the public and ensure they complied with lockdown. Simon Case, the cabinet secretary, wanted to ramp up the fear-guilt factor to force people into compliance. They considered locking up Nigel Farage because he took a photo of himself enjoying a pint in a pub less than two weeks after returning from America. They mocked travellers who were forced to hole up in quarantine hotels that were glorified prisons calling it hilarious. They introduced face masks, despite being told by England's chief medical officer that there was no very strong reason to do so. They ignored positive news stories about COVID infections dropping because they wanted to prolong lockdown. So basically, everything that we said was happening at the time and were monstered and maligned by the media for doing so was happening all along. We were right all along. There's still this myth going around that government officials facing a novel coronavirus had to take a safety-first approach because the situation was unprecedented and the risks unknown. That's total BS. These messages once again illustrate how they knew from the very beginning the virus wasn't as big a threat as they were telling the general public it was. And they deliberately chose to exaggerate the threat to browbeat the public into complete submission. This approach was also decided upon right from the very start by government advisory bodies, who, as Laura Dodsworth's state of fear exposed, deployed unethical, totalitarian methods of mind control. Their words, not mine. To increase the, quote, perceived level of personal threat that the virus poses because, quote, a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently personally threatened. And what of this weapons-grade bellend? In January 2020, Hancock was bragging about how his career could be propelled into the next league by the pandemic. Now he's prancing around on reality TV shows like nothing happened. Well, hello. He's a narcissistic attention-seeking little prick grifting off of a nation's pain and suffering. And he thinks it's funny. Laughing. Critics have accused Hancock of being drunk on power, calling for him to face questions in the Commons. Is that really enough? Hancock and his ilk weaponized behavioral psychology to traumatize an entire nation. Their unethical, deliberately exaggerated fear-mongering terrified the population into complete paralysis. Ruined relationships, missed funerals, serious untreated illnesses, a mental health catastrophe, children literally offing themselves. Many serious researchers assert that lockdown will, in the long term, claim more lives than COVID itself. Should the people who are knowingly responsible for all that be allowed to just get away with it with merely a slap on the wrist? And will the general public even care, given that polls show more Brits than not think the government's handling of COVID wasn't strict enough? Lock me down harder, Daddy. Now, what punishment for Matt Hancock, the guy that oversaw all this, the guy who deliberately said they were going to planning to release the new COVID variant? Of course, again, he wasn't cooking it up in a lab. He was politically setting the agenda as to when to release it to achieve the maximum level of fear and population control. Alison Pearson in The Telegraph writes, Matt Hancock should be arrested for willful misconduct in public office. Again, he's out there prancing around on television, making an absolute killing off of being the health secretary. He thinks it's all funny, and there's no consequences, apparently. They're going to have this big COVID whitewash, and again, he'll probably get away with it. But another thing that's come out today in a similar context, Breitbart reports, Kowtow, UK government-centred reference to Wuhan lab leak in health secretary's memoirs. Again, we've got numerous uh, offshoots of the US government coming out and saying, 
this is probably a lab leak. This is what we think. The UK government hasn't said anything about it. They're so desperately timid about offending Beijing, they don't even voice their suspicions whatsoever. Well, now the British government censored former Health Secretary Matt Hancock's references to the Wuhan virus likely being the result of a lab leak in his memoirs, his position being that the outbreak's location was entirely coincidental. And in fact, one of the few things that Hancock said that made a lot of sense, which is what they censored here, he basically said, if we had the strange sudden release of a pathogen or a virus in Wiltshire, which is where Port and Down Bioweapons Facility is located in the United Kingdom, would anyone be wise to make the suggestion that maybe that virus, that pathogen, came from the Port and Down Bioweapons Facility in Wiltshire? That's all he said, and they censored him for that. They didn't want that to come out in his book. Absolutely incredible level of control of the information. Meanwhile, COVID not deadly enough to justify risk of fast-track vaccines, Chris Whitty told government, again, proving they knew from the very start there was no 3 6%, whatever it was, fatality rate. The threat of the virus was being deliberately exaggerated to elicit absolute unquestioning obedience. They knew it from the start. Summit.news will be back. Well, how the tables have turned on the mask mandates, of course, we've had study after study come out and prove that they have no quantifiable effect on reducing the transmission of the COVID virus whatsoever. It came out in the lockdown files, as I just mentioned in the previous video. Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer of England, right at the start of the pandemic, told everybody these are not going to have any effect whatsoever. They went ahead and imposed them anyway, had them imposed in schools for well over a year. Of course, we know Fauci back at the start of the pandemic knew that masks would have no impact whatsoever. It was introduced as a form of population control, a constant reminder to everyone that they were in a pandemic, that they had to behave, that they had to conform, that they had to shut up. Well, the tables have turned somewhat, at least in Vienna. Breitbart reports Vienna finally lifts mask mandate and bans masks from public transport. And in fact, you've seen this in many major retailers in the United States as well where they're now saying you're not allowed to come in the store if you're wearing a face mask, because guess what? Criminals are wearing face masks to hide their identity and then robbing all the stores. Well, in Vienna, they've lifted their longstanding mask mandate on public transport, and now those who still wear masks are banned from doing so and could even face fines. I mean, are we really gonna lament that? how they monstered and demonized people who didn't wear masks, how they were screamed at, harassed on public transport for the best part of what, over two years? Vienna lifted its mandatory mask policy on public transportation. Now they're saying if you don't have basically a medical note from a doctor saying you need to wear a mask, then you'll face fines if you do wear one. I guess they're also having problems with criminals hiding their identity, just as they are in big retail stores in America. I wanted to get to this video though, because I was shocked, and it takes a lot to shock me now, given how jaded you can become by all this information, that the biggest demographic who wanted the government to lock them down even harder, govern me harder, daddy, was not the one that you'd suspect, the elderly, the quote, vulnerable, the boomers. It was a very different, demographic. Let's go to this video now. It's called Govern Me Harder Daddy. Let's roll it. 
you don't have it, never mind. Do we have the video? Let's go to a different video. There was a study, CDC study, researchers confirmed what we suspected all along. Of course, I talk about this in the video. You have the meme of the trad college girl, the attractive, wholesome looking college girl going to university, coming out of university with blue hair, fat, nose rings, looking like she belongs in an Antifa mugshot. And now new research has confirmed that leftists, because leftist beliefs tend to create misery, hopelessness, depression in young people. And it is now indeed confirmed that leftists are more depressed than conservatives. Let's go to this video. Liberals are more depressed than conservatives. Let's roll it. Just confirmed a reality that was fairly self-evident all along. Leftists are more depressed than right-wingers. The CDC studied depression in young people and found a divergence in political ideology. Left-wing Vox writer Matthew Iglesias covered the study in his Substack article and he concluded, quote, breaking things down by gender and ideology, they find that liberal girls have the highest increase in depressive effect and conservative boys have the least. But liberal boys are more depressed than conservative girls girls suggesting an important independent role for political ideology. He also acknowledges how progressive politics have become, quote, a more congenial home for people who are miserable. The trend of progressives to catastrophize every single issue is also generating pessimism and hopelessness in young people. Iglesias accurately summarized one of the causes in this depression of young people when he wrote, quote, poor behavior by adult progressives, many of whom now valorize depressive effect of a sign of political commitment. This is a phenomenon I've talked about numerous times before, how the neurodiversity movement, the mental health industry and the culture in general is glorifying forms of depression and mental illness as not something to be treated privately with discretion, but something to almost be proud of and to externalize every single available opportunity. The incredible rise in the numbers of Gen Z kids embracing LGBT ideology also feeds into this. Such identities often intersect with unhealthy lifestyles based around drugs, hollow promiscuity, and a perceived sense of permanent victimhood. The right really is missing a trick when it fails to point out that adopting left-wing beliefs is an almost sure-fied path to abject misery. That meme of the young girl before she goes to college looking stable, attractive, and wholesome. Then coming out of college looking like a stereotypical Antifa mugshot isn't just a cliche, it's real. Constantly wallowing in self-loathing, racial guilt, and grievance-fueled self-pity is a recipe for lifelong despair. This all cements the premise. If leftism is dependent on perpetuating itself by creating generation after generation of depressed people, this explains why it promotes vacuous, degenerate, hedonistic, morally relativist lifestyles that make young people significantly more vulnerable to long-term melancholy. Now, we do have that video now. I'm going to come back and talk about one final news story, but let's roll this one. The most enthusiastic bootlickers, you'd be surprised who it is. This is called Govern Me Harder Daddy. Everything we've learned about lockdown and the restrictions over the past three years, it's really heartening to know that the British public has woken up to all the BS. Yeah, right, if only that were true. And I really don't want to be the one doling out black pills every single day. But good God! So you, Gov, did a poll which showed that more Brits than not thought the government wasn't strict enough during lockdown. Govern me harder, Daddy. But get this, it's not even the elderly or boomers who are skewing those numbers. The most enthusiastic bootlickers 
are young people. 51% of Brits aged 18 to 24 wanted the government to be even more draconian. Just 13% in that age group thought the state had been too strict. Incredible. As Michael Deacon writes in The Telegraph today, they've actively grown to love captivity. The young had the least to fear from COVID and the most to lose from lockdowns, yet they, according to this extraordinary poll, are the ones who supported lockdown the most fervently. Their education was disrupted, their love lives were suspended, the best days of their lives were ruined. For pity's sake, the young are supposed to rebel against authority, not demand more of it. And think about this. That demographic, young people in the UK, are overwhelmingly anti-Tory. They blame the vile, uncompassionate Tories for all of society's ills. Believe they're evil incarnate, believe they're actually right-wing authoritarian even believe they're fascistic, and yet they're simultaneously upset that this evil right-wing fascistic entity didn't abuse enough of its power, that they didn't curtail enough of their basic liberties. How mind-numbingly dumb is that? In what kind of bizarro world does that make any sense? Tories? Yeah, can't stand them. Despicable, despotic, dangerous. But lock me down harder, daddy, anyway. What? Does anyone else find it deeply disturbing that the youth of this country, having pretty much always been in the past a vanguard of anti-authoritarian rebellion are now psychologically gelded bootlickers who have absolutely no grasp whatsoever of the value of freedom. Is this all explained by a skewed polling sample? Are bootlickers more likely to take part in surveys? Maybe, I don't know. Here's another one. A clear majority of Brits support 15-minute cities by a wide margin. Do they even know what that entails? A technocratic control grid where you're punished by onerous fines for driving through your own town. Tracked and traced by networks of license plate scanning surveillance cameras. Another tax on the poor for driving older, less green vehicles. And they love it. Yes, please, Daddy, govern me harder. I'll leave you with this one white pill, though. 50% versus 36% of the public want to ban illegal boat migrants from being able to claim asylum. Well, you've got to be thankful for small mercies. Now, we've talked about the lockdown files. What about the Twitter files? More's come out today. Twitter files state entities flagged anti-Ukraine narratives for censorship. This is, of course, another data dump by journalist Matt Taibbi, who's currently testifying in front of a committee. But not only were anti-Ukraine narratives flagged by state-affiliated entities, this is basically the federal government going to Twitter saying, there's anti-Ukraine sentiment. We need to shut it down. We need to ban these people. But also, vaccine misinformation, which included, quote, true content which might promote vaccine hesitancy. So they wanted Twitter to ban it. This is the federal government, even if it was, quote, true content. Quote, stories of true vaccine side effects. They admitted they were happening. They wanted them banned anyway. They wanted people like Robert F. Kennedy. Sherry Tenpenny and others nuked off Twitter, not only shadow banned censored, but kicked off the platform altogether because they say, quote, true posts which could fuel hesitancy. They were that desperate to force Americans to take that vaccine. They deliberately set out to censor verifiable, truthful information about vaccine side effects, vaccine harms. Again, because they thought it would convince people against taking the vaccine. And they admit it was true. Censorship industrial complex is real. And now it's all coming out. That's going to wrap it up for the Summit News Hour. Coming up next is War Room with Owen Schroyer. Keep it locked in. This is an information war. 
You want folks to fight the globalists. You want people to take on the tyrants. We're doing it, and we're having hands down the biggest effect in this fight, and we're being mimicked, we're being parroted, we're being supported by so many other great prominent people that are looking into our research and finding out it's true, and InfoWars is having its greatest victories ever in hearts and minds around the country and the world. I was just flying around commercial in the United States, got nothing but love last week. Nothing but love wherever I go, compared to quite a bit of hate previously. That's a report to you that we're winning the information war and the Great Awakening is here. But you've got to make the decision on whether or not you want these people to win. And there's nowhere that you can support by spreading the word, by praying for the broadcast, by buying products like InfoWars and InfoWarsTour.com. And those that have been doing it know who you are, and you are the reason we've had such success. Without you, none of these good things will be happening. The enemy recognizes that we're the tip of the spear. That means you're the tip of the spear in the information war for hearts and minds. So I salute those that have supported us, and I just ask those that haven't. Why aren't you spreading the word? Why aren't you buying the products? Why aren't you actively doing that? I I'm just asking you a question, because we need you. You need us. We're in this together. So I'm simply asking all of you out there to think about what InfoWars has contributed. Think about how we've been the main target of the enemy because we're so effective and tell the truth. And then to make the decision to financially support the broadcast by getting great products at the same time. It's a decision that you've got to make. And I'm asking you to make that decision. I'm not complaining to the people that have been supporters over the years. Or if you don't have the finances, I really feel bad for you that you can't get these great supplements. And I wish they cost less, but I'm only going to sell the highest quality. But for for those that have been on the fence, it's time to get off the fence right now. The enemy wouldn't want this show shut down if it wasn't so effective. So go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the highest quality CBD oil for your bones, your joints, your brain, your neurological systems. Get our great bone broth. Get our great prebiotic. Get it all. Vitamin D3, you name it, at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. All right. Just wanted to explain that and make that extremely clear about how important that decision is that you have to make for yourself. You're in the driver's seat. You have to make the decision. If you want to continue to see hardcore, game-changing, tip of the spear, 98% accuracy that just is setting brush fires in the minds of men and women everywhere, stay with InfoWars, pray for InfoWars, put the word about InfoWars, and buy product at InfoWars. And I can tell you how many outside groups go and test the products we sell. Like Mike Adams is famous for his big testing lab uh, where he tests all sorts of products, also supplements. And he, I didn't even know this happened with a family member. He was given a family member that had some neurological issues, CBD oil, because in all the studies, it's really good CBD oil. It really helps all sorts of neurological things, Parkinson's, uh, epilepsy, narcolepsy, the list goes on and on, joint pain, you name it. And he went and tested ours in his testing lab, checked it as degrees and this said, this is the highest quality we've seen. We've seen another brand that's good, but this is this is the very top. This should be $160 a bottle for the 1,000 milligram that he puts out. And, and that's true. They recommended we sell it for 150. I went to these folks that own a big company that's one of the top distributors in the country of wide spectrum CBD. And they said, we recommend 150 retail and then discount it 100 bucks. Well, I'm not gonna do 200% markup. So at $67, there's a 100% markup to fund ourselves. You're getting the best CBD, 1,000 milligram, 25 milligram, and 10 milligram, depending on the one you want, at over 50% what you're going to get this anywhere else. That's with a discounted. It's, oh, I guess it's, it's about 35% after the discount. So I bet if you look at retail, it's like a 70% discount. The point is, is that 
point blank, everybody knows CBD is great. Doctors are prescribing it everywhere, even though it's not prescription. This is the best you're going to get. Infowarstore.com, and it funds the Infowar, a total 360 win. Only way we fail is we don't take action. And I know less than 1% of the viewers who I love and I think, I'm not bitching. If just one more percent would just do it, we wouldn't just be good, we could expand. So we're not going anywhere. Those of you that have bought the products, you know who you are. Those who haven't, hey, keep spreading the word, keep praying for us. And if you want to experience great CBD, try it out, get a bottle. And I think you're going to be a repeat customer. Buy the product.